Ho, ho, ho! Hello, and welcome to episode 389 of the Warners awesome about Comics that, Podcast. Yeah. The place where the small press makes one hell of a big noise! Ho, ho, ho! <laughs> I've got, been... like, a Christmas music bed underneath this, Vince. I, I do so. indeed. I, Can't you hear I it, I need to put that song on. I need to put that song on. I'm not putting that song on. I'm not ruining everyone else. You've already Christmas. been done, though, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Um, yeah. But who am I? Why? I'm Vince Hunt. Yes. And I've been on the nice I've been on the nice list all year, uh, despite Excellent. what these two have tried doing. And joining me as always is the creator of the web- webcomic Vanguard. And I'm not sure if he's on the list, but his name is Dan Butcher. Hello. Here we go, here we go. I, I kinda of, waver between the two. And here we the, go. And Definitely the, on the naughty list. And is, the man yeah. who's been on the nice <laughs> nice list so often uh. that I think he's paid someone off. It's Tony Esmond. <laughs> Hello. Come on, uh, I'm on the naughty list. I revel in it. You yeah. are the naughty list. Well, to be fair, if you get coal this year, that's not so bad. Yeah. That's probably yeah. about five hundred. <laughs> yeah, we need, we need yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I, mean, that I, on eBay. I, I, th- on I eBay think right if away. you were a darts player, Tony, you'd be Tony the naughty list Esmond. Come on, uh, we need a shirt yeah. of that, don't we? Can you play darts? I'm quite good at darts. Yeah. I, played I, I haven't darts played darts in ladies. years. I may, yeah, yeah. I may actually hurt someone if I play darts. I haven't played that. I've got serious action on the ladies' darts team. I'll tell you now. With the darts. Yeah, you were on a ladies' darts team. Yeah, they were a bit short. I lived in a pub, worked in this pub, and they needed someone on the ladies' darts team, so I joined up for a few games. Good laugh, actually. A lot of baby sham was drank. I tell you that now. Yeah, yeah excellent. That doesn't yeah. sound like a bad deal. Tea. That, no, it was good. There, it was good fun. Was, he had two other teammates. Their combined age: one hundred and eighty. Anyway, <laughs> didn't stop uh, me though, baby. He didn't stop me. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show, Plain everyone. Darts, playing darts. Plain yes. Darts. yes. Yeah, yeah. More pricks than a second hand <laughs> <laughs> welcome this to is the a christmas show. welcome to the christmas this, welcome yeah. to Happy the christmas, christmas everyone. episode yes we um over this month of december we're just going to be having a lot of fun as we finish off the year and look forward to the next so over the next few episodes just get ready for a lot of fun quizzes laughs and of course comics because that's what we're here for and yes. this week we're going to try and tackle a subject that we haven't tackled properly Ever since the show started, mainly because whenever we thought about it, we couldn't think of anything. It's like our second romance comics sort of subject that we're like, uh, right, we need to, what are we going to talk about? But we've gone away, we've had a bit of a think, and this week we're talking I've a got loads. about loads. Yeah, fuck me too, yeah, you've been on it. Festive yeah. comics, and well, festive characters in comics, and like, you know, that sort of one shot of the year and annuals and stuff. It was the classic time that it used to be in comics, but what's it like now? Well, we're going to talk about that. And we've got one week. special one, haven't we? Take a dive on Yes, yes. Mm. We all we all took a we all read the same issue of a particular uh, Christmas issue. Um but without spoiling too much, we're not gonna say whether we liked or didn't like it, but we're gonna talk about it a bit later, so we've got that to talk about as well. We liked it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Spoilers, <laughs> we liked it. And and another spoiler <laughs> is we're sponsored. Who are we sponsored by? Again? Oh yeah. Comic House. Ah yes, Comic House, the lovely indie comic marketplace with a difference. They love comics just as much as we all do. And you lovely people at home. If you go on to comichouse.com, there's a huge selection of titles on their database. If you self-publish yourself, you can list your book on there and another avenue to start selling your work. But they also have an app, a digital app, which I have been tucking into the past few days. And certainly we, we've... <laughs> tucking um, into. Yeah. Well, like a like, Christmas dinner. Like a Christmas dinner. And uh, you'll you'll be absolutely stuffed with the amount of comics that are on the digital, <laughs> digital app. And it's being added to all the time. Um, what's on there at the moment, Dan? 
Well, this week I thought I'd highlight a Christmas comic uh, oh. since we're on the Christmas episode. And it's A Christmas Carol by Marcosia. And the story synopsis goes thus. Have you never read A Christmas Carol before? <laughs> no. What is no. it, Dan? I've I was never surprised heard of this. Yeah. From <laughs> Stephen L. Stern, writer of Marcosia's masterful Beowulf graphic novel. And acclaimed artist Douglas A. Cyrus comes the superb full-color adaptation of Dickens' timeless classic, sacrificing none of Dickinson's. <laughs> Dickens rich language. Dickinson's is it like so David Dickinson's? <laughs> David Dickinson. <laughs> That's a Bobby Dazzler. Sacrificing none of Dickens' real rich language and filled with cinematic artwork, A Christmas Carol is a wonderful, faithful adaptation of the quintessential Christmas story. There you go. Can't Eight pages. Time. So, yeah. if if you want uh, a Christmas comic to read over the over the festive period, what better than um, the Dickens classic? So, check out the Comic House Digital app. Um, it's like Netflix for comics, basically subscription, mm. only £3 a month. And you can check out that and so much more. For more information and a 14-day free trial, go to comichouse.com. And thank you to them, as always, for sponsoring us. It, it yep. got a review, five-star review. Oh, a superb well, adaptation. Brilliant adaptation of the classic Christmas tale, wonderfully illustrated, and the perfect reading for the festive season. Great Who wrote that? Harry Marcos. Envision <laughs> Comics, yeah. I think I think that's a good uh, M. segue. Marcos. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a that's a good segue into the chat though, because like that's obviously a, a classic tale. Yes. Um, and you'd have thought it must have been translated in, into graphic novels and comics. Oh yeah, quite yeah. a lot over the years. Has there been a superhero? Christmas Carol. Oh yeah, God, there must be. There I mean, Lord, Lord knows in film, yeah. we've had so much of it. I'd never want to see that story ever again in my life. Yeah, it's been done. When the when the Muppets did it, that's all we need. All we yeah. need is the Muppets. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Like I said, I watched uh, Blackadder's Christmas Carol night for last, and that still fucking holds up. That's absolutely fantastic. That. But they they spin yeah. the, spin it on his head, don't they? Yeah, because he's nice, and then he becomes he's nasty. Nasty. Yeah. 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 Uh, um, yes, I think there is a couple that have uh, done the Christmas Carol uh, with superheroes. Yeah, <laughs> Barbie, yeah. Dread. Yeah, God, God, yeah. How, uh, do you reckon Dread's done it? It says that I think in the article. Yeah. yeah, really? Wow. Yeah, but Christmas stories are a, a funny one and sort of seasonal, um, and it's always. I mean, say seasonal, but. Let, let's face it; it's all about Christmas, isn't it? It's not about the New mm. Year or things like that. But um, yeah, f- Christmas comics for me—I've never really uh, over the years really been into them. And I'll tell you um, probably the reason why. And and, and what I—I'll start with this question: uh, A Christmas story is the quintessential one-shot comic for me, especially if you have an ongoing book. Yes, we've had OGNs of like Santa Claus, I don't know, Obliterated Christmas or whatever, you know. But if we look at the big two, it's usually just that Christmas special issue, isn't it? Um, I've, I can take it or leave it because most of the time, over my reading experience, they've never really had a lingering impact on the comic series going forward. No. Uh, unless, of course, I'm, I mean, I'm going Tony's the the oracle on this, but it feels like the Christmas issues are a chance to just do a fun little story that doesn't really have any real real effect on anything. Would you say that? Well, let me, like, like standalone kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. Let let me let me play a slight devil's advocate in this because it. I think the dynamic in it has changed, yeah. and the reason I say this is um, the consuming of comics maybe prior to two thousand 
was on a weekly or a monthly basis. You, you yeah. will, will you agree with me on that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Since since then, the the main consumption of comics has been in trade, probably yeah. of these yeah. comics. So when you had a comic that was coming out every month and people were enjoying it every month, it's all more importantly every week in the UK. You would have a Christmas story because people are reading it in a timely fashion. Yes, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. But with the the delays and the collections and everything like that going on now, there's no need for it. So, no. say for example, you're reading um, um, DC Comics Presents, you know, the team up book. There's a, there's an incident in that where uh, the Christmas issue is Superman teams up with Santa Claus to fight the Toy Man. Yeah, now that would have come out at Christmas. Kids would have read it at Christmas, and then they would have moved on to the next book. But because now everything is for the collection and everything, they never tell a story in a single issue anymore, do they? No. Everything is um, sort of spread out. So that doesn't happen. So what intent, instead they're doing, and I've I've, I've witnessed it because I went in and tried to buy some Christmas comics yesterday at Gosh, and is um, I got DC's Grifter. Grifter got run over by a reindeer, 80-page DC giant with the various stories in it. Fucking and that's hell. that's a one-off, <laughs> which, was, which is fucking awful. Um, like genuinely, there's one story in here that looks it looks like it's come from someone's first comic. Um, and then the other one is the Archie Christmas Spectacular, which is a single one-off. Now, I think that's more the way they're doing it now. Okay. Mm. It doesn't have to be caught yeah. in continuity, because knowing yeah. what they're like, Marvel and DC would both fuck up the continuity, wouldn't they? Oh, yeah. You know, it'd come mm. out wrong. Um, so you don't get that familiar character. Like Green Arrow, you know, in the, the Mike Grell series, he'd have been, that it would have been Christmas in Seattle. You know, and he'd he'd solve a crime where someone was going around killing Santas or something like that. You know, yeah, you don't yeah. get that anymore. No, but I think you're right, Vince. I think it would have been a single issue. Yeah. It can't be more than one because it'll spread it out. Suddenly, you're in March reading a comic about something happening at Christmas. Nobody yeah. wants yeah. to read that, do they? Yeah, yeah, not at all. Yeah, yeah. Um, and it isn't. It's interesting because the Christmas issue wasn't always the annual issue. The annuals became different things, weren't they? They are certainly yeah. story wise, they were their own separate entities. Um. But like you say, when you had that ongoing month to month, it must have been interesting planning those things, or or, or it must be interesting planning those things for things currently happening, um, because it is a timing issue, and they have to they have to plan these things so far in advance and get them ready. Um, like a two thousand AD, do it, don't they? Two thousand AD yeah. have a dread story every year. But you, yeah, you have the lead up to it, and they have all these. Oh, we've got all our, you know, these. Well, I think I should just ask this question. What is the relevance of, of a Christmas comic? And I'll back that up with my thoughts that we're constantly hearing, here is our slate for the next year. You know, event, 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 event. Yawn, yawn, yawn. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Where did you find a, that gap? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you have all of these events. Oh, there's a Christmas comic. Um, is it? Is it a... Should they even do it? I mean, because it... It's uh, such a seasonal and time-specific thing. And for most of these stories, they aren't really time-specific, are they? We don't really have... You know, no, they, they, that's become irrelevant these days. Yeah. You know, because people read it on apps. Yeah. I mean, the apps come a couple of months later, don't they? Yeah. So what's the point of having a Christmas story? And people are like, well, yeah, they'll be reading enough. it all year round, so you don't want to make it too summer, you don't want to make it too autumn, yeah. you know, um, unless there's a specific Halloween issue or something. You know, they'll... they'll lean into it and that's kind of what the christmas stuff does it, but without i don't want us to get too humbuggy about yeah, this because yeah. I, I think what's important i mean you both know that i fucking love christmas i've expressed it previously but mm. what do you two like christmas yeah 
Oh, I love really big, Christmas. Big fans. Yeah. 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 Oh, God, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, do, you I mean, enjoy, do you enjoy fiction about Christmas? And that can be movies or songs or Yeah, oh, totally. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all yeah. the fucking about it. I kind of have to uh, time it just right to start banging on the Christmas films and the music just to kind of make sure I don't <laughs> yeah. fucking burn out on it before. It's um, Yeah, it is one of the it's, the... it's the event of the year, which is very much time-specific, hmm. I think. Yeah, you have some people like, oh, I could watch Christmas stuff all year round. It's very oh, nice. No, 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 no. Yeah, that's me. like that weird bloke who's always on the news about, yeah. oh, I have Christmas dinner every week. Oh, yeah, fuck you off, you Fucking weirdo. mental. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I think that's part of the, part of the joy of it that, that Christmas has become such a specific thing. It's something to look forward to, isn't it? All right. Well, let me ask you this then: What is the when do you start? So for me, I won't watch or read anything about Christmas until I'm at least two weeks in. So this is quite uh, early okay. for me hmm. to December. Really? Yeah, yeah. And mine's usually the end of the first week is to fucking the yeah. films have started being coming on. Right. Yeah. So um, I don't even put my tree up till Christmas Eve because it's just an old family tradition. We've got. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um, well, so I put mine up yesterday. Yeah. I mean, right. my my lovely lady has a, a birthday in December, so it's one of those Sagittarian. I, like I, these, I, so I'm all, I'm all about that, and then once that's done, then we get into the Christmas mode. Yeah, my birthday I mean, being the last day of November, so I'm the same man. I can't, you know. I feel bad to see Christmas stuff. It, December birthdays, uh, my heart goes out to you. Yeah, because <laughs> my uncle's like his birthday's on Christmas Day, so he might as well not have a birthday, mate. Because yeah. is he Jesus? <laughs> <laughs> no, he mentioned it. Is <laughs> <laughs> he little baby? He's never drinking uncle any water. Dave. I've uncle never Dave. seen him with water. You Jesus? He's always got, he's always got wine. Always got, always can you text? Can you text yeah. him while we're talking to find yeah. out if he is in so fact? He's always trying to feed me Christ. bread and fish. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't this is a simple amount for joking. Yeah. To be fair, so we should move on. <laughs> no, I mean th- Christmas is that sort of you know when you li- when you watch a good Christmas film or listen to a good unless you're a complete bar bar humbug type person it, it does put you in a good mood doesn't it there is the real there's the joy of it and um I think Christmas comics should have a certain element of joy in them certainly well, let me be... ask this and how do you feel about writing one or creating one would you do that i don't think right that, and i i'm gonna say this because i it's never gonna happen but i wouldn't create an like an original christmas story like a one-off you know how some people have like santa versus zombies or, or, or they'll create yeah you know lots of small yeah. press type stuff of which there's t- Trust me, folks. I know there's tons of brilliant stuff out there. I think trouble is you only sell that at one time. It's not an evergreen, is it? Yeah, Yeah. it can't be on your table all year round. So if I was to try and write a Christmas story, it would probably with uh, be easier for me to do it with an established um, IP or someone else's character or something. You know, put them in a Christmas situation. And I think that's partly because I've been brought up reading those comics. You know, like like your, your you know your Justice League or your X Men or your Avengers or or you judge dreads or whatever, where it is, my brain is locked into that kind of thinking rather than doing something completely original. Okay. Does that make sense? Fair enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I think, anyway. What about you guys? Good. Yeah, oh, I wouldn't right. do. I don't, uh, I, well, yeah. I, to be fair, the comics I wrote, I don't want to be thinking about Christmas like that. <laughs> to be fair, it takes me about five, <laughs> six months to do a fucking single issue. So if I did a comic like that, that's like half the year. But, it goes on sale at the end of November, and it's you know nobody wants to buy it in January. Yeah, you know, the thing in it. Yeah. But every year you kind of they would roll it around and go, oh, I've got my comic to sell, and oh yeah, there's that fucking thing. 
Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I'll do like a, a see I've got like I've done uh Viper just uh, finished on Kickstarter. I've got a little graphic <laughs> I've, I've done with him wearing a Santa hat and I'm gonna put that out nearer the time. Yeah, nice yeah. for Christmas. But uh, yeah, you can you can do something like that. But I think doing a whole comic, hats off to you if you want to, but uh, I'm not sure if I'd do it. I'm I may have just had an idea for some charity thing. I'm gonna have to talk to you guys about this afterwards. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I'm not dressing up, just so no, you know. No, 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 no. Any, no. any more? Just, yeah. a, just a, I'm just undressing. A, just a possible community anthology type thing, that, um, uh, but, but okay. not as much work as you think. So yeah, we'll talk about this off air. Speaking of community things, we've got the uh, Secret Santa draw off. I've got to draw the names out for yeah. that. But put your name down for that, and uh, you get your names. You're going to draw for someone, and then we post it up in this Slack group mm. on Christmas Eve. So uh, I'm going to stay out of it, yeah. but I'm going to draw something anyway. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I'm. I don't nice, want. Nice I don't to want it to be anyone's prize. You know. Oh, I'm a shit prize. Oh, no, you're not. You're the no. best prize. It's Christmas tea. Come on. <laughs> you're, you're the diamond in the rough. Listen, someone got a t-shirt for me this week. Yeah, it's fucking great. <laughs> yeah, I was the Fact. one who got the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> I was giggling making that. And then I had to immediately send a picture of it to Vince because I was giggling to myself. Yeah. I'd made it. <laughs> what we get on this on this show, nothing but jokes that we laugh at so we don't really care <laughs> yeah. if, if anyone else finds it funny um but yeah in, in terms of like the small press and in the community i think because like you say the seasonal uh nature of it um would you say that if you're going to do a, a christmas comic is the sort of thing that you do just to put online just to sort of say you know here, here's a short four page comic i did about yeah christmas. four yeah, pages yeah, yeah. five yeah. pages that's enough yeah. isn't it yeah yeah, yeah. Because, i mean not yourself out do what you like but yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, and there's certainly there's been like some great indie comics written around the festive period. There's I mean, uh, Santa Claus versus the Nazis. Is that right? We got that yeah. in yeah, Comic yeah, House. And I, and I know um, my mind is blanking on them, but I know over the past like twenty years, the festive period has been quite popular for crime stories around the yeah. Christmas period. Yeah. Crime and pulp like stories, isn't it? Really, well, if you um, did a comic, but it wasn't about Christmas, but it was set at Christmas. I've got an idea. How about a cop? How about a cop, right? Who's he's he's estranged from his wife, but Uh. he's been invited to see her. But he has to stay. She's working. She's got her office Christmas party, right? And he's popped over there to see her. Um, and but while he's getting ready, get this, get this, get this, right? A bunch of European terrorists turn up. Oh my god! And, and gate crash the party, but <laughs> no, no, no. That's the thing is, you make you think one. They're not actually terrorists. They're bank robbers. They they want to get into. They want to get into the the vault of this uh, this office building. What do you reckon? Do you reckon he's got legs? Nah, been done before, isn't it? Yeah, don't, don't yeah, can't see that. Can't see it working out. I was <laughs> reading the magazine today, and it was <laughs> I saw I saw online an issue of Rolling Stone, and the front of it was like, "Look at this new star called Bruce Willis," right? Yeah. And inside, there was a piece on Dark Knight Returns. So that's how long Dark Knight Returns has been in our our like world. Conscious, since yeah. Bruce Willis started making films. Amazing, isn't it? And he was an absolute kind of nobody when going into Die Hard. They, they mm. took a real yeah. risk. They didn't have him on the posters because they were like... I think, it was pre- I think it might have been for the Moonlight and stuff. Yeah, yeah, I think that was yeah. it. Like, yeah. There's a brilliant series on Netflix, the movies that made us, and they oh, do an episode... God. On Die Hard, and it's fantastic because it started off a fucking Frank Sinatra film. Yeah, 
Die Hard, right. which is yeah. nuts. And in all seriousness, folks, if you do like uh, making of movies, sort of documentaries, that series, the movie that made us, I know it's got the the way they present it. It's sort of like, oh god, it's going to be like an annoying vo- voiceover. It's a really good series. Yeah, it's really really fun to watch. I mean, even someone who's watched like loads of documentaries about things like Die Hard and Aliens and Robocop and stuff like that, I've learned quite a lot just from that show. Um, but that's that's by the by Christmas. Ho ho ho. So, Tony, you buy an awful lot of comics. Yeah. M- minute by minute. Yeah. Um, What's that number you gave us earlier? How many comics uh, you read since read November? S- 600 since the end of October. Fucking Jesus Christ. Yeah, so I've been on a bit of a rip. Um, and I've that- kind of varied the, the ages of reading it. And I have opinions about currently reading has, comics. Has the I'll app, save that for another time. Has the app kind of helped you consume that amount of comics? I think I yeah. might have broken the DC app. Because <laughs> the recently red bar never works on mine. Yeah. So I don't know what's happened. But yeah, it has done. Yeah. So I've just recently read Grell basically amongst between series wrote a hundred issues of Green Arrow. So I read that. That's been my thing over the last few weeks. Nice. Um yeah, it's just fucking amazing. I could but imagine yeah, like, it a bit like one of those all you can eat buffets and Tony's going up for his fourth plate and they're like, No, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the chef yeah. just stands in front of you and you try to go around him he steps to the side keep, try to go steps yeah, yeah keeps side. purposely freezing uh, on me so yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah I've got my money's worth enough. out of it yeah, yeah. I'm making sure I get my money's worth out of this yeah 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 um, I have Vince and I have in fact in preparation for tonight read a number of Christmas comics um, one of which is the one that I suggested to you two to read which you yeah. have done so yes. shall, I, shall I name a couple? We can talk about the one we read, and then afterwards I'll name a couple more. You're going to do your uh, Ghost of Christmas Past, aren't you, T? And oh, yeah. Take us take spinning back and look at the, the, the... But first, we're going to do the Ghost of Christmas Present and look at one of those comics now. Oh, right? what, what, what a pro. <laughs> I, sometimes, I sometimes can flex those. What, uh, comic, what comic is from now? Well, let me just give me one moment as I blast it up on my uh, iPad. I'll tell you one. I'll tell you Are you one, talking about the comic from the 80s? Yes. But, <laughs> we're, right, okay. we're, <laughs> but we're talking about it now. Right, okay. <laughs> uh, so He's been waiting all day to say that, hasn't he? Yeah. yeah. So we're, we're going to be talking about the uh, wonderful, the Uncanny X-Men issue 143. Volume oh, one. Merry Christmas, X-Men. Guess what yes. just came down the chimney? <laughs> Uh, written co-plotting pencils by Chris Claremont, John Byrne, Terry Austin, the inker, Tom. Fuck me, that's a name. Or Zakowski. Is that, is that, how do you Lerner. spell that second name? Fuck me. Is that was that? Yeah, no, name? that's not how you spell it. That's and that, that's not a word. The yeah. colours by Glynis Glynis Ween, who was yeah. Len's wife. Yeah. Um, editor Louise Jones. Who do you know? Do you know who Louise Jones became? Nope. nope. Louise Simonson. Oh, there you go. Ah. Yeah. There you go. Um, this was actually the point. And Jim Shearer was in chief. So this was actually the point where this is Burns' last issue. Um, from so we'd had Dark Phoenix, we had Days of Future that, Past. That you know, fascinated so. me that Burns' last issue was a Christmas issue. Yeah, and also, did yeah. you read the paragraph at the end of the issue? The sort of in the letters page, Claremont was answering letters, and he wrote something like, "Was it say John Byrne has decided to resign?" That's literally what he wrote. I think. Oh, yeah. No, the, the one John the Byrne has resigned as penciler. He's written in the mail oh. page. Yeah, so I thought it was a bit bit of a sudden way of putting it. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. I know he refers to John Byrne as the Canadian. He refuses to say his name on panels at the moment. And he calls him the Canadian. Why? Yeah, because he's a knob. <laughs> he, um, <laughs> have you ever heard Chris Claremont speak? Chris Claremont was born in the UK. You know this thing. I think he was born in Islington. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think he moved to America quite early on. But he um, he has this sort of pretend English accent that <sighs> he can't keep up if you stand in front of him and are English. 
because you just end up going, why are you fucking talking like that? Yeah, why are you talking weird? Yeah, like, but back in the day, he was the god of comics when he was writing. Yeah, yeah. It was he was sort of like the go-to teen guy, wasn't he? Like, yeah, yeah. Does one of you want to describe the cover? Because it's a cool Christmassy cover, isn't it? Do you want to go for it, V, shall I? Well, you go for it, Dan. I'm just it's trying to think it, I think. K- Kitty Pride, uh, and she's just come out of a room uh, filled with a Christmas tree with the presents around it, and she's got her classic black and yellow X-Men costume on with a torch and she's looking around trying to find something. But behind her is like a, a Xenomorph style alien towering N- over her. Nagari is cool. Yeah. I thought it was a bit of a weird name. N apostrophe then kind of just the word Gary. Yeah. Uh, yeah. About to, to, to drop on her. Yeah. So, uh, and it's, yeah, just guess what came down the chimney. Yeah. It, it wasn't Father Christmas or Santa I mean, Claus. I don't know what you think, but for me, this is peak, peak X-Men. I don't think it ever got better than this. I think anyone who says, oh, what about Grant Morris can can go suck a dick, honestly. Do you know what I mean? This is like the mm. best bit of it, I think. This um, the especially the lineup. Of yeah. The, the 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 characters, it was like the classic X Men lineup. I know also you had you had ones previous to this, but this was like fuck me, these characters are brilliant. Uh so good. Yeah, well, say it, there's too many X Men now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not wrong. Yeah. You ain't wrong. Yeah. This is not special. No. Yeah, everyone's an X-Men now, aren't they? Mm. Um, so this starts with a flashback, doesn't it? Yes. Which goes back to issue 96, I believe, where um, Storm defeats a load of invading demons, sort of aliens, xenomorphs type things. Mm. And they tie that up in a nice three pages. So it doesn't, it doesn't fuck around. Um, and then what you get is one of the aliens escapes and he sort of haunts the countryside and... Um, Finds a couple who are clearly about to bone in the snow. Am I right in saying that? Yeah, uh, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, kind of like uh, Douglas. You and Dan, have you got the page in front of you? Yes. Right. Let Let's <laughs> act this out. Oh okay. God, you two act it out. Yeah, right. yeah. Douglas, you are a hopeless romantic. So sue me, Ellie. It is our first Christmas. We'll have years and years to get pre-chopped trees or plastic ones. I want this one to be special. I wasn't arguing, Doug. Just stating a fact. How's this? Well, <laughs> we live in an apartment, remember? Save the big one for our first house. <laughs> I think it's. I think it's sweet. I think you're sweet. I think very naughty thoughts. <laughs> oh yeah, like. Yeah, yeah. Hang on. Oh yeah, like. What's that? Something in the trees. I'll, I'll take a look. Doug, be careful. Relax, Ellie. It's a false alarm, I think. I'm gonna. I'm glad the moon is full. Things are lit up so bright. I don't need my flash. <laughs> Tony, do the narration. I, got, I haven't got the page in front of yeah. me. Keep going. Uh, keep going. For, I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll do it then. Uh, for Douglas okay. Moore, death is virtually instantaneous. His wife has time for a choked cry that is ended as quickly, as abruptly as her life. And when the killing is done, the Nagarai feeds on both body and soul. These victims are but the first of many. That's... They were going to bone, weren't they? There's no doubt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. That's pretty horrible, like, into... when it says, like, body and soul. Because, like, yeah. these are kind of, like, old world kind of monster demon things, aren't they? They, they say used to roll the earth, so... But they're also teaching us a lesson... Don't chop down Christmas trees unless you're legally allowed to do so. But also, like, uh, 
he sort of promises a, 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 the, the life together. Don't worry, we're going to get a real tree now, but in the future, we'd still shit plastic ones. Oh, great. <laughs> great. <laughs> it also proves that thing that happens in slasher movies is you've got to get, you only get killed if you're about to do something slightly immoral. Mm. Yeah. Mm. You know. I, one yeah. thing I will say about this page, though, if this is Burns' last issue, the title card of this is just, that's a fucking well, demon slam thing, the... dunk. Yeah. Of a, of a the next title page. Card. Yeah, yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, not good. Yeah. Yeah. The, so it's, um, it's clearly, as, as well, I think that the elephant in the room here is this yeah. is Alien. Yes. So Alien yeah. had just come out. John Byrne thought he'd get away with it. And he wrote this. He, he has had said this. He said, I thought I'd get away with it. Thought we might get sued. So I don't know if you know this, but he based Kitty on a young Sigourney Weaver originally. So I, I didn't know it. that. At, when you told me that, that's the first time I've heard that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then um, they did this, and it to the point where the villain looks like an alien. And also, spoilers, right at the end, she kills it by using the engines of the ship, of the you know, the afterburn yeah. of the Blackbird sort of thing. So it's very, very much like an alien thing. And he said he – so I think Byrne sort of pl- plotted it and gave it to um, Claremont, who sort of scripted it, and he said it even became more alien-esque. And they just sort of put kept their nuts down and nothing happened, fortunately. Um, so, so yeah. the conceit is that uh, Kitty Pride is left alone in a, in the X Men mansion over Christmas, which is like, <laughs> thanks, thanks, guys, <laughs> yeah. you were going to fuck off and leave me on my own. Mm-hmm. And uh, this <clears throat> this monster comes along and basically terrorizes her, and she has to like fight a desperate running battle through the X Mansion yeah. uh, as this thing's after her. And if like you a proper she... kiss ass, she says, oh, "I'll go and do some stuff in the danger yeah. room." Yeah, you know. And uh, you think, oh, her phasing ability would get her out of this, but. The monster seems to be able to hurt her as she phases. It can yeah. kind of claw her and injure her. So it's not quite so simple. But yeah, like you said, it's Christmas Eve or whatever. You go, oh, I'm going to go swat up and do some gym work in the, the danger room. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Also, <laughs> Claremont's famous for having these. So he'd run A, B, and C plots, wouldn't he? So the A plot in this is obviously the Kitty fight. Then yeah. there's B, there'll be a B plot, which um, is something that's coming up soon. So in this one, you've got Cyclops being away and he returns in the next issue. Right. And then the C plot will be something else that's sort of trailing along. Um, so there's a couple of things in this that are really interesting. So it's the first, it's he, so Wolverine introduces Mariko to the team um, and he then can't control himself. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. There, there, there is a point where he tries to stab Nightcrawler. He tries in to the kill Nightcrawler. Yeah. Yeah. See, back in the day, Wolverine was much less of a, a sort of nice father figure. He was just an uncontrollable brute, you know. Yeah. Um, and we've just don't forget we've just come off the the mini series where he goes to Japan and is treated like an animal because the, they the Frank Miller one. Yeah. yeah, the Claremont Frank Miller. Yeah. So that's that's a moment from that there, isn't there? You yeah. know. Mm. So they do that as well. I will I say that I, I will say that on on Wolverine's jacket, I think I'm gonna say that. John Byrne adds those pockets on afterwards last. Yeah, yeah, I think so. Um, yeah. Right. B- because... Not, not too well rendered them. No. Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like the fact that he dresses as a cowboy as well. Oh, yeah. I like yeah, that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's always kind of had that going on, though, hasn't he? He has, like, the Stetson and stuff. Mm. Yeah, I like that. Yeah. And the way he draws, the way he draws Colossus, man, Byrne and Austin, they kill on Colossus. He absolutely fucking... So good. In the panel, there's a second panel on that page where Colossus is absolutely towering over Wolverine. Like, yeah, Wolverine's just basically the top of his head's coming up to his nipple. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. he's fucking massive. Yeah, yeah, that's, I, I don't think that's difference. quite right. No, that's not quite right. Yeah, 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 but it's good. And then, um, and then we obviously get a bit where so it's sort of sexually, there's, there's a couple of moments in this where you think, 
know. Because at one point, don't, don't forget, Kitty's meant to be what fourteen. Oh, really? Okay, she's quite young in this. I thought she was like sixteen now, but you're mm. you know better than me, T. I'm going to say fourteen or fifteen, and she's got a sort of crush on Colossus. Yeah, she gets a bit uncomfortable, and then Angel flies off it, and he says, "Oh, my lady Candy Southern, who clearly sounds like a porn star." Yeah. And I have a lot of overdue, uh, have an overdue date. You may not see me again till Easter. Like he's basically saying to this sort of young girl, I'm off to bone Candy Southern. Till about <laughs> Easter time. Yeah. For three months, odd. So see you later. Yeah. Small have, fry for you, Dan. Yeah. Uh, have a good time in this mansion on your own. Yeah, Christmas. Oh, it's sad, isn't it? It's yeah. at home alone. This is, I know, this is where they got home alone from. I know you have to set it up because otherwise if she's not running around on her own as this monster goes after it, she needs to be on her own. So fine, but... Seems a bit harsh when you're sort of yeah, yeah. leaving the poor girl on her own at Christmas. But. And then Cyclops, who's kind of walking the earth, decides to get on a boat and he comes across a sailor and probably, let's face it, mostly sailors just look like me, you know. And this is, just happens to be a sort of sexy blonde lady with a low-cut top on. Yeah. Yeah. As you do on a Christmas, yeah. Christmas Eve, you go for a boat job. He's giving them all a little present on Christmas Eve, isn't he? <laughs> God. Uh, so, yeah, so she's kind of like working out in the... Uh, the danger room going through the steps and then uh, someone breaks into uh, Oro's uh, garden workshop kind of thing and all the flowers are dead. And she's like, what the fuck is going on? And then the monster springs upon her. And But they thus- do the whole, they do the alien movie Xenomorph thing, don't they? Because they have that goo on the floor. Yeah. Like the blood the goo. Yeah. yeah. And then it just absolutely tears through the, the mansion. I mean, she, Christ, there's so much collateral damage in this. Yeah, so I remember reading this at the pages, time. Yes, yeah, I remember reading yeah. this at the time, and when she first first confronts her, I'm like, "What a panel that is!" Yeah, that's that's great. Mm. It's, yeah. it's kind of it's weird because I'm, as an artist, I wouldn't do something like that, but it works absolutely fantastically. It's kind yeah. of the the monster's like closer to the reader, and he's towering over Kitty, and it's framed in kind of like a purple square that's kind of offset with black around it. Mm. And it's a weird background, but it, it, I think he, he's wise not to have a background on there because it doesn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it doesn't distract from the image, mm. the foreground, does it? You know. And it's the fact because he got this purple, and then he got the monster overlaying it. It feels like it gives it kind of uh, it's popping out. It's so over the top, and mm. it, yeah, it works. Really works. Yeah, yeah. And this is a bit you like, V, wasn't it? It was the chase through the the mansion. Yeah, because it, it really does give me a sense like this thing is truly unstoppable, which I don't. I yeah. think you don't get enough of. Yeah, like this thing like nothing can really stop this thing. It's it's amazing. It's some of the, I like the sort of cutaway panels. It's almost like you can, you can see, like the side of the building has been cut away, and you can see like yeah. several different rooms at once as this thing's chasing after it. It's just amazing stuff. That panel. That's alone. good because it works with the phasing thing, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. You know, she's phasing as it's it's sort of bashing through walls, and she's phasing ahead of it. Like that bit where she goes down through the stairs into the sort of janitor's closet thing yeah. is good as well. Yeah. It's really good as well. The next page, you kind of got her. She kind of goes from there out from the jet, the, the closet underneath the stairs, and she's reaching from right to left, which brings the eye back over to the left hand side of the page, which is like a one big panel. And yeah. The beast is crashing through, which sends you back over that way. That kind of flow is like the, what I look for when I'm kind of looking okay. at comic pages and seeing how they're constructed. How does how does the artist bring my eye around the page mm. and get me to go where I want and burn is like showing it here i mean even the bottom panel you've got the claws they go through kitty pie but when you, you trace them back it goes back into the monster on the next page which draws you back onto the next panel it's well done 
Yeah, it's so good, isn't it? Where he should be yeah. in as a comic artist. There's a genuine sense of menace as well and tension mm. in it, isn't there? Which just just works so well. You know what you said about it based on the alien thing? I'm not sure if I would have got that, but when you get right to the end, and as you mentioned, it kind of gets blasted by the the, the uh, Blackbird engines. It's like, yeah, that's, <laughs> this is alien. Yeah, there's a couple of shadows in it. You think the head's very similar, isn't it, and the tail and stuff, you know, but it's not exactly the same. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, no, no. Yeah. But am I right? In, like, it, she sits in the jet and it comes running up the corridor and she ignites the engine and blows it away. I was a bit confused when I first read the end of the comic. I was like, well, fucking hell, what happened there? I had to reread it. Yeah, I'll get you. Yeah, I know what you mean. Because, like, there's, it kind of does the Terminator ending where, like, she gets out, there's, like, fire and destruction everywhere. It's like, oh, did I kill it? And then the last panel is, like, its hand come f- shooting out the flames at her face. And it says, oh, she has time to scream. And then it cuts to, like, the X-Men coming back to the mansion. Yeah, it's not until the last four panels of the comic yeah. that you realise what's happened because you don't yeah. see what's happened. And she sort of explains that it kind of mm. like, it just it just died and kind of yeah fell to ash. And the X-Men come back and like she's pleased to see them and her mum and dad are there. And it's obviously been a while because her dad's grown a beard. I know that yeah. bit where so, like she's literally just died, but when they arrive back, she's you know by the fire. She's she's you know. She's sitting there in her dressing gown, and the first thing yeah. she thinks is, "Mum and Dad, oh, you've grown a beard." By yeah. the way, I don't know if you know this. I've just been attacked and almost died, and fucking destroyed most of the mansion yeah, with an so alien nice attacking me. Yeah, yeah. And she's almost she almost tells Aurora because she thinks she's in the shit for doing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like the Kitty. I've just been upstairs to my attic. Uh oh. As precise, if you would notice it. What yeah, precisely yeah, yeah. happened while we were gone? Yeah. I was attacked by a big ugly monster. So uh, I, I, it's wrecked the danger room and the blackbird yeah. in the hangar. So oh. I mean, if you quit then, I mean, <laughs> I mean, we can, you know, we can talk about the, the, the dialogue or the, or the certain what could be described as campy nature of some of it these days. Um, but I'll say that I had so much fun reading this issue. I really enjoyed this. We're nitpicking it for comedy value, but yeah, I really enjoyed it. But you know, I mean, it's certainly there's one thing. What we haven't described is during all of this action. While she's being chased, phasing through walls and trying to stop this thing, and the creatures lifting, you know, ripping apart the building, she's thinking a lot in her head. There's an yeah. awful lot of thought bubbles. Um, yeah. it's, but, it's very overwritten. This, yeah, I think. yeah, yeah from yeah, our yeah. sensibilities these days. Possibly, yeah, 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 yeah. But I did looking at. It, I did think, um, and I, I would say, listeners, if you haven't checked out this issue, um, see if you can see if you can get hold of it. It is, it is a cracking issue that you don't need to know anything. I'm nope. not really au fait with that stuff. So they always talk about the one, and you know, you should be able to jump in on any comic. You can with this. That's the beauty of it. Totally. This is a whole meal, man. Yeah. This yeah. is this is a, just a, a good comic. If you were going on holiday with the kids, you'd buy this, and the kids wouldn't be like, well, what, who's this guy? You know, it's just yeah. a cracking read. Yeah. And the thing is, like, this would be six issues now if this was a miniseries. <laughs> yeah. 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 There'd be no dialogue. It'd be all the action, you know. Um, certainly, which which is um, it's good in in a way because of you know uh, I think comics in the, this day and age have become more cinematic, but I think with an issue like this, without those um, thought balloons, it just becomes a storyboard. Um, yeah. Where something like this is, it adds a charm to it. It really mm. and and certainly they do a lot more character work within those thought bubbles, and I did I was a bit. I mourn the loss of thought bubbles in comics. 
Yeah, I, do. I like them, man. Yeah. So one thing yeah. the comics can do that most movies can't do. Yeah, and they don't yeah. do it anymore, do they? Really? No, not yeah. really. I took the decision to get it rid of. I didn't do it in Vanguard, and I kind of wished I did because yeah, it can be. It can really there. help. Really help mm. storytelling. Yeah, if this was a six-issue miniseries, the first issue would be, oh, Kitty's at school, like, failing yeah. her lessons or doing her lessons. And then you'd have the monster in the countryside killing people, end of first issue. Yeah. And the second issue would be, oh, we're thinking about going out for the night. You're going to be okay, Kitty? Yeah, and the, the, the monster would still be killing in the countryside, and Kitty would do something in the danger room and, you know, almost die, and then she'd be all right. That'd be oh, no, issue uh, but by the end, yeah, she'd, be, she, she, she'd be helped by the rest of the X-Men at the end. She wouldn't take it out herself. Yeah. Yeah, it'd, probably. it'd probably be the and end of the not, second issue. The that's no slime Kitty house. Pride. That's no slime. No, they just Kitty want Wolverine pride. in it more, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah that is just purely because yeah. the editors are like, we want the rest of the X Men in there. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Whereas, yeah. The, whereas the rest of the X Men in this issue aren't really in it. They're not. There's no costumes. No. There's no nothing. Um, even they Cyclops it did, end, make, it did make me laugh. Cyclops is suited and booted. And he's got a fucking great big rock. He's got one of those fucking like U.S. Marines sort of like. Yeah. He's got all his belongings in that sort of. Background. Yeah, because he's walking the earth. Because what happened was, um, you had Death of Phoenix, then you had an issue which was him the funeral, and he's basically going. It's quite a good issue actually because it gives the history of all the X Men issues up to that point, up to yeah. the one thirties, and he basically says, oh, "I'm off now," and he wanders off. And you would think that would last for a year, wouldn't it? But it only lasts for a couple of issues while they do Days of Future Past. And then he's back in it. The issue after this, he's back in it. Oh, okay. So he turns right. up back. Yeah, yeah. Coming back. Yeah. Yeah. There's a there's a power here that I've not seen Kitty Pryor use, and she walks up the air. Is that something she's done yeah, before? Yeah, she can do that, yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Where the fucking hell is it? Yeah, they, they, they don't... They're more about the phasing, aren't they, with Kitty yeah. Pride? Yeah, once more using her phasing ability to literally walk yeah. on individual molecules yeah. of air. Kitty yeah, because that's how she walks jobs. through when she's phasing, how she travels up and down through. Oh, uh, gotcha, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But this yeah. was a great example. I mean, let's let's face it, honestly, when it looked on the slate, apart from if it wasn't John Byrne's last issue, this is just another one of those issues that's just on the slate, that they're, they're on, the, you know, they're chugging through workhorse let's get here. yeah but they're still they're still planting seeds for character stuff like tony said and they're developing characters a little bit it's certainly kitty pride has a spotlight on on this issue um and but it's it's a wonderful example of the, the christmas issue the festive issue um being a one and done, this is a this is a kind of a rare one in a sense of like there's nothing really ho 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 the cheesy tie in to Santa and and yeah. giving yeah. gifts and stuff like that. This is a just a story that happens. If you ask me, some of the best Christmas sort of stories are brilliant stories. It just happens around Christmas. I was gonna say because this is literally like it the Christmas. It's got the Christmas aspect to it. But you could remove it and it'd still be what it is. Yeah, yeah, I think you could, couldn't you? Yeah. It does give it a nice feel being alone over Christmas. Yeah. I think yeah. you know. Um, but yeah, I think you're right, man. It could it could easily just have been an issue without it being a Christmas issue, which is good. I mean, they've but, come yeah. off a couple of bigger stories, haven't they? I know Days of Future Past. Everyone seems to think it's like 20 issues, but it's only two. And but before that, you had the Dark Phoenix saga, which ran for quite a while. So I, to to throw these, and the next issue is a one off issue as well. So this happens a little bit now for a bit. I think you, that's a good idea to have, if you have these big story arcs, have a couple of one two stories where yeah you can just let this let the characters and readers breathe a little before you go on your next fucking and the x-men avengers used to do that quite a lot because they used to like go and play baseball or something didn't they or yeah you know there'd be one just about jarvis defeating a supervillain or something you know they used to do it quite a lot and i think it worked quite well plus you need that character development to be invested in the characters which is yeah worked with the x-men back then nowadays it's just different x-men every wing you're like don't care about them you know yeah. no 
Good. It's quite uh, a fun read. Yeah. Will you guys go back and read the rest of it? Have you read the other burn issues? I, no. I, I tell you what, this made me want to read them. Go back. <laughs> yeah. It made me want to just think, oh, I want to just experience Not a long run, man. It's only I... from the early hundreds to then, you know, which is yeah. four three. So I haven't really experienced like that like for instance like the dark phoenix saga and stuff was something that you know didn't pass me by and because not so, a long, it's not a long series such, you could read it so, in six issues so yeah. much was made of that that it almost put yeah. me off it's two movies, is it this point. is it all on the app t the yeah. marvel app oh we could yeah. just jump in there i might yeah. do that do a yeah. free month yeah, yeah. um yeah so th- things like this are fun like these one and done stories the ones that i've never really been interested in um and the ones that I think are blatantly obvious is is when they've tried just I don't know putting Santa or something like this in, in a oh, yeah. like, like yeah. a Marvel continuity <clears throat> comic or or DC yeah, or you know or just just generally I think yeah you can get Santa to work in your Indian small press comics because you know that that's that's the joy and the, the more the freedom that you got with it. But allow me to change your mind on that. The, go, gonna, on, go on, go on. Okay, so I'm gonna <laughs> one of the worthy mentions I had was. Lobo Paramilitary Christmas Special yes, from February great. 1992. Yeah. Uh, written by Keith Giffen and Alan Grant. God bless him. Um, art by Simon Bisley. Um, Gaspar Zaldino did the letters and Lovern Kinzerski did the colours. Um, Lobo is hired by a very drunk Easter Bunny who's jealous of Santa because he's getting all the attention. So a number of the people have got together and he's the only one with enough bottle to meet Lobo. Lobo um, basically then bursts his, you know, breaks his bus his way through the base at the North Pole, and as he arrives, someone declares, the naughtiest one has come. Um, <laughs> and the elves are all tooled up, but it turns out they're all toy guns, so he literally shouts, eat hot lead, you unnatural dwarf geek suckers. And he massacres them, and he literally blows their spines out of the back of their heads and all this sort of thing, you know. Um, and then he goes up against um, Santa, who... Um, is a bit tasty with a blade, but doesn't beat Lobo. And then Lobo they have becomes... a knife fight. Yeah, yeah, they have a, like a machete fight thing. Yeah, yeah, where they just slicing each other's noses off and stuff like that. And uh, and then um, at the end of it, um, Lobo becomes Santa in his own special way. <laughs> and what does I would Lobo's say... stick again? If he died, he could be reborn out of his blood. Right, that... A drop of his blood, isn't it? That's the thing. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but this, it's. I agree with you mostly, Vince. I, th- I don't want to see. You know, we do see. No. Oh. Superman and Santa Claus, it's very throwaway to me. It's, yeah, yeah. It feels very nonsense. But this one was so irreverent that I kind of dug it. Oh, you know? yeah. You this was I mean? kind of doing Deadpool before Deadpool was doing yeah, Deadpool. I'm yeah, say, long before, I, yeah. I'm going to say something that a lot of people disagree with. Go on. I don't like Lobo. I never have. Oh, uh, have you read Legion? I've I've never liked anything with Lobo. Have you Have you read it when in, when he first appears before he becomes this sort of Bisley creature? I don't yeah. Really yeah. have, actually. That's that's okay. So he's a bit more of a sort of space Wolverine, really, in that. Mm, yeah. And it's more I, of a soap opera. I don't mind it kind of like, but it's got to be used very sparingly. And when they uh, did that redesign a couple of years ago, I was like, well, you, you don't get it at all. Yeah. And they, recently it's been awful. They've done it with <clears throat> Lobo and his daughter, which is just a fucking awful yeah. series. Yeah. Good. <laughs> Sorry, to, there, there you go. There you go. Um, so apart from that one, Santa just sort of... This is going to sound like the most ridiculous statement in the world, but I think you'll know where I'm coming from, listeners, and the, and the rest of the guys here. Um, Santa's a fictional character, so when you see him in these comics, it sort of takes you out of it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? You just <laughs> yeah, sort of like, yeah, yeah. well, that's a bit silly. 
Um, I, even I, though, I even though there's a mean. comic about like superpowers and aliens and all this, as soon as you see Santa, I'm like, it's not realistic anymore. Allow me, allow me again to play devil's advocate on that because I, I agree with you nearly in every single occasion. However, one that I think it works in is Fables. So Fables oh, issue okay. 56 see. has Jimmy Christmas as a character in it. See. And they bring him into the Fableverse in the same way that they've got Pinocchio. Yeah, yeah. Fables yeah, did that. Little, wonder- yeah. They did that wonderful twist on things though, didn't they? It was, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. That's I, 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 I can works. understand that. I can understand that. It becomes a different, completely kind of different character, doesn't it? Yeah, um, yeah. I think that's okay. Because it takes it from a sort of, in a bit of the way that Morrison's, is it Klaus or whatever they call it? Yeah, Rose, yeah, yeah. That Which they it, take it as like a sort of, um, you know, like a fable story, yeah, you know. Yeah. yeah, I've heard nothing Folk but tale. good things about that. A Ludologist I've heard it's um, good. Um, gave a shout out about Klaus. Isn't that just got a Kickstarter or something now at the moment? Am I going uh, crazy? Yeah, Pete, no. Pete Watson mentioned it on the Slack as well, actually. I didn't yeah. get a chance to get on, on board with that, but it did look like my cup of tea. Yeah. But then again, do you know what? The reason I don't get on board things like that is because I want it at Christmas. I'm just, <laughs> I, I don't I don't like Christmas to be ruined by watering it down, I think is the way I feel. Yeah. Oh, totally, yeah. Oh, you do yeah. At the moment, there is a very Klaus Christmas on uh, Kickstarter. Oh, right. The story of Santa Claus as a daring young man challenging the dark forces of magic and malevolence. As you do. Yeah. As you do. Um, <laughs> oh, it ha- I tell you what, though. It had an £8,000 goal. Right. It's, it's got 113000 So it's... Um, okay, now I'm doing all right. It's, it's, money. it's, it's doing all right. Well, this is, you think about it, this is the time of year you're going to put something like that out. It's going to do well. Yeah. Yeah. But like I said, yeah. probably, this will probably turn up in January, February, March. And you're like, oh, I'm not interested yeah. now. And then you'll forget you've got the digital yeah. copy. I tell you what, the estimated delivery for the digital. Go on. Oh, uh, Christmas Day. No, 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 no. That's wrong. That's wrong. It's next year. <laughs> well, Christmas next year. Uh, estimated delivery November 2023. What? Um, there'll be a load, load of people on Twitter moaning about that. Yeah. <laughs> You, you get email-ready digital cards featuring the artwork. It's brilliant artwork, I will say. Dan Moore's artwork looks amazing from this from this page. Um, yeah, Dan Moore is great, man. I'm reading yeah. some DC books. But there's a, there's a digital a huge holi- line for him in New York. Yeah, digital holi- holiday card bundle that is uh, December 2022. Um, but any okay. phys- any physicals are next year. Fair enough. I love a physical. I guess you'd want to hang on to it till Christmas to read it. Maybe I don't know. Yeah, what's the point getting it before then? I suppose. Yeah. 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 Can I can I do another couple of worthy mentions? Of course, yes. Hellblazer issue forty nine by Garth Ennis and Steve Dillon um, is where John spends Christmas Eve with a depressed ghost. Now, what sort? Of, it's called the Ghost of Christmas Never. Now, if you were John John Constantine, what would you do? Take him on the piss, yeah. cheer him <laughs> up, <laughs> which is what he does. It's just a lovely, lovely issue. Um, Cut more from the slack. So Pete Watson mentioned a few. He said Klaus said the Rudolph Treasury Edition. Oh, I'm big into the treasuries. Ambush Bug Stocking Stuffer. I love Am- Ambush Bug. Ambush Bug was um, Deadpool long before Deadpool was ever Deadpool. Yes, yes, yes. yes. Um, he also said DC Comics Presents 67, Christmas and Christmas is Superman and Santa, and Christmas with the Superheroes as well. It's a sort of DC special. Dave Craner said Happy. We've forgotten about that one, haven't we? It's a Christmas oh, yeah, one. yeah, yeah. Um, Pete Dory said giant superhero holiday grab bag, which was a worthy mention in the mine as well, um, which is a treasury edition, which mostly, I, I don't know if you've got any treasury, Marvel treasuries at home, but they are um, mostly reprints. So in this one, you've got um, 
even an android can cry from Avengers 58. You've got the Silver Surfer Hulk battle from Tales of Astonish 93 in a sort of an oversized format. But this one is unusual in that its framing sequence was the Fantastic Four having a snowball fight with the Avengers and Spider-Man. Um, and there'd be a moment like where Spider-Man would dump a load of snow on the thing and think, oh, what are you doing? And then he'd say, oh, do you remember that time we fought such and such? And then they would they would go into the reprint. You see what I mean? Yeah. So it's this, it's lovely framing sequence. And the cover is brilliant. The cover is Ben Grimm's clearly the Santa Claus of the Marvel Universe, isn't he? And he's on the sleigh, and the sleigh's being led yeah. around by, by <laughs> Thor and the Hulk and all this sort of thing. And it's beautiful. I love it. I, I read it a thousand times as a kid. What a great issue. That's great. Yeah, a um, couple of other ones. So um, Jordan Thomas said there's a Hellboy at Christmas issue, which there is. Very good. Mm-hmm. Ben Clark mentioned that Dread does a Christmas episode every year. Um, there's a couple of other ones. So there was, I know Simon Russell mentioned the Daredevil and the Senti issues. They did quite a few uh, in the snow, sort of had a Christmas feel to them. And there's one that's got art by the Todd father and Al Milgram. It's not an overpowering um, Todd, Todd father art either in that one, which is quite nice. Um Tough and the fire. Nam did one. Do you remember the Nam did a Christmas in Vietnam? And they had um, there was like a you know they used to put on shows for the for the GIs, the GIs yeah. yeah. And there was an actress stroke singer, and she comes by and she kisses one of the sort of depressed GIs at the back of the stage. And it was a love that was quite a nice little one. That one, I like that. Nice one. touch, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, the other one I had ready to talk about was Batman and the Outsiders nineteen. Which have a Google if you can see the cover, guys. I think this is like the quintessential DC Christmas cover. I loved it. Um, so it's Batman and the Outsiders 19, Mike W. Barr and Jim Aparo. Um, and it's um, the cover is Superman fighting Geoforce in a within, but they've drawn it within a bauble on a Christmas tree for no reason. They're not trapped in a bauble or anything. It's oh, yeah, like a nice, yeah. a nice little co- cover. And I really like that one. Yeah. Uh, nice. You've got Batman Noah, Noel by Lieber Major, Lieber Mayho, and you've got Hulk 378, which is the one, I think it's a Peter David issue, which is the one where the Hulk fights the rhino who's dressed as Santa in a department store, which is quite a nice one. Nice. There's a lot out there, man. If you put Christmas into the app, Marvel or the DC app, or the or the Comic House one, or the Comicsology one, you'll find loads. There's up. loads. Yeah, loads. Yeah. Absolutely loads in there. Um, I will get, give a shout out to um, the Beano as well. Beano, if you go on <laughs> yes, Beano dot com, they've actually got a page which is classic Christmas comics, and they've got like um, I mean this is this is classic stuff that looks like they've they've scanned it in and you can just read it. Things like from Den- Dennis and Nasher, Bash Street Kids, Me the Minx, Roger the Dodger, Pansy Potter, Big Ego, Jonah <laughs> Calamity, James Lord Snooty, Biffo, and Pup Parade. And <laughs> and these these are just um just classic. I mean, it, it looks like it, these were done in like Mar- like twenty twenty one, I think. But they're, they're okay. scan- scanning them. They're they're just scanning the original spreads. You can just read the original if you if you go like they they take it panel by panel as well. So you know they've put not enough is said about the the fact that the Beano put in a lot of work. Um, most of the oh, time, British weeklies were were yeah. the best place for Christmas story. Yeah. I think because they came out on Christmas, didn't they? Unlike. Yeah. Marvel and DC comics, we sometimes get a month late in the news agents, you know, where it is even more. Yeah. Um, and yeah. I like I like that this sort of exists on the Beano website. You know, you probably got, have to sort of look for it. Or if you look for, when I Google Christmas comics, it was one of the links. Uh, we'll put a link in the show notes, of course. But um, I love that there's that. I mean, these are older comics as well. It's not that they've forgotten about them. There's some publishers yeah. that, that have no reverence for what came before. 
but th- yeah. these are these are old comics that they've scanned and you can flick through and, and enjoy like a double page Albino Christmas comic. Yeah, that's good, isn't it? Yeah, I've got to mention what Alan Purdy he mentioned Hitman Twenty Two um, by Garth again and John McRae and Steve Pugh, and it's a radioactive Santa on the rampage, which is a pretty good one too. What's yeah, going on with that snow. character at the moment? I've never really known much about Hitman, really. Deadney. Is he? Yeah. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> well, I mean, it doesn't mean much, does it? No. Well, he's dead at the moment. Yeah, yeah. He came back for a sort of special JLA thing, but uh, <clears throat> yeah, he, he, How did yeah he no spoilers. I uh, know spoilers. It's okay. a bit of an emotional moment. Yeah, yeah. Have a, have a read. It's a good series, though, which kind of, in a way, makes it a nice contained series to me. Yeah. We like Preacher. We haven't got the return of Preacher 2022, yeah. have we? Which is quite nice. I'm glad we didn't. You know. Yeah, um, give it give it a while until like they they make a TV adaption, and then all of a sudden DC will mine that, won't they? Yeah, Hitman will get mined, won't it? Yeah, yeah. Good. But positivity, oh, it's Christmas. <laughs> 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 yeah, I think it's um definitely festive comics that like it's interesting because then they're, they're not comics that I would hazard to say. When people go, oh, I tell you what, one of my favourite issues is when this happened and this happened and this happened. How often is it? And I, I'm asking you, lovely readers, uh, listeners at home, readers and listeners at home, how often is it that some of your favourite issues are the festive issue? Because a lot of the time they are written to be fillers. Well, let, let's be honest, you can still write a fantastic Christmas issue. But that's what a lot of them are, aren't they? You know, very, very rarely will you get something like this X Men that we've lauded about. You know, that's really added a, a little more. But you know, you just get that sort of oh, here's a criminal who's done this, and you know. But are there any? I mean, Tony and Dan, are there any that you think? Oh wow, that that one of my favourite issues is a Christmas issue. Yeah, there's no issues that I think that's my favourite issue ever. But because I sort of compartmentalise Christmas in all, you know, movies as well and TV shows and stuff, I do think that's my favourite Christmas comic. Mm. I do that all the time. Okay. Um, But I I never include it in my favourite comics ever because I don't want to read it another time of the year. Mm. Yeah. Because I I just like that Christmas feeling, you know. Mm. Okay. Uh, I'm glad that you brought that up. Is there anything um, I know... I've, you know, from social media and stuff, I've seen a lot of our listeners. They like at this time of the year to crack open that novel, to crack open that graphic novel. To, you know, there's a certain book or, you know, not just movies, it's it's other sort of entertainment we like to consume around this festive period. To sit down with a hot chocolate in your comfy chair and just read through that graphic novel or read through that, you know, that epic fantasy novel that you do every year. Is it? Is Do you guys have something that you read every year? I don't. It's, I don't have something no, that I specifically read every year. But I don't. What I have is I have, because it's one of the few times of the year when I'm not, like, mad at work sort of thing, and, you know, mm. I, I tend to have a... I pre-prepare a reading project that I'm going to do over Christmas. Okay. So I have, like... Um, so I, I think last year I read, like, all of Vampirella. I think I read that over Christmas. And this year I've got, I've pre-prepared, I'm going to read all of Hawkworld. You know, Tim Truman that led into the, the monthly series. I've got that ready to read. So I like to have a little project to do. Um, but no, not not one that I'll return to over and over again, no. I what have you, Dan? my, my Christmas, Christmas tradition of uh, hmm. reading a, a graphic novel on Christmas yeah. Eve. 
Uh, is it any always, graphic novel or, or just well, a brand new one? Like by myself, especially I have a graphic graphic novel to read through. Have you got one lined <laughs> up for this year? Yes, it's that the lake one. Uh, oh, the house at the and oh, oh that one, one, yeah, yeah. Okay, a, a Christmas jaunt. I think it's horror based, but okay, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll be I'll be reading that, and I usually obviously biz as well. That's very yeah. much that's very much tied to Christmas for me. Always, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that feels annual. like a Christmas. That's one we haven't mentioned. <clears throat> yeah. That annual is very much a Christmas thing for me as well. Though. Yeah, it's, yeah. Be- it's become yeah, because Christ- of you, Dan. Yeah, yeah. you, you yeah. created a Christmas tra- tradition with us, Dan. You the, have. the ACP Christmas edition of uh, yeah. me sending you the I'll, this I'll, annual. And us sending each other little panels from it at yeah. Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah, I have the same thing when I get, when I get that book. I always go to those letters pages and just start wetting myself with laughter. Yeah. Um, uh, I suppose the, it goes back to when we were kids and we were getting annuals. Yes, yeah, yes. that's the thing. Yeah. That's why I, lo- I loved getting annuals. I've still got them all now. It's What's weird. That? I just went back and I've, as we were talking, I went on eBay and bought an annual from my childhood that I really remember just pouring over, reading it over and over. Oh, which one's that, dude? Uh, Spider-Man Annual 1982. Oh, right. Marvel Presents. Ah, cool. <coughs> it's got like a kind of white cover with Spider-Man swinging in. You've got Electro, Craven, and... Uh, vulture and scorpion and the, the story is like it's snowing outside not i don't think it's around christmas but uh spider-man's got flu and he has to fight both craven the hunter and the vulture and he's getting absolutely turned over because he can barely stand <laughs> but then obviously at the end of it he kind of gets over it and then busts them both up but I, oh god i remember reading that fucking thing over and over loved it that's class man yeah, yeah. so oh, 2008 the the 2008 annuals and the judge dread annuals and stuff were were classics my christmases i remember as a kid getting um bionic man annuals that was a big thing for me mm. i was a massive uh, fan of then yeah annuals were such a thing uh, i think yeah. it's something that has perhaps in this world of um you know content right, l- l- let's call it that you know people just want more and more content every time I think annuals have sort of drowned in that they've died in that because yeah for like you guys are saying the annual every year was it was you know a special thing but not in the sense of, yeah, yeah. yeah it, it, i wasn't necessarily you know it wasn't like i was clamoring for that oh yeah i can't wait for that but it was cool to see it there and certainly yeah. in the uk being a kid those a those sort of a4 hardback annuals that that was the first sort of annuals i got yeah. um the marvel superheroes one which i reread and reread which was bits of comics bits of prose they had taken comics pages and sort of written prose around them. That was um, when I... There'd be a quiz in there or a maze yeah, or something. Yeah, as well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was when I d- um, discovered that um, Doc... What's the... Oh, God. Green hair. The Hulk. Doc Samson. Samson. Doc Samson. I wanted to say Savage. That's why I asked. Uh, Doc Samson knocked the Hulk out with a punch. Um, that was in the Marvel... That I'll never forget that cover because it was a class, classic sort of almost the passport photos of the Marvel Universe, probably drawn by Byrne, probably now that I look at it. You know, it's just the straight-on headshots, and there was like yeah. 12 of them on the cover, and it just said Marvel Superheroes. And I remember I just really wanted that annual, and when I got it, I just reread it and reread it. Of course, I can't, because I'm an old man, I can't remember what was in it now, apart from apart yeah. from that moment that was no doubt in a, in a comic itself, but I remembered it, I think I think they wrote it, as sort of like prose it was more like a children's sort of storybook that they put pictures around of like and i remember doc sampson realizing he had broken his hand when he punched him but he managed to knock out the hulk and that <laughs> moment has lived with me because i just think well, at the end of the day 
Doctor Samson knocked out the Hulk once. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, it's the reason I got into 2008 was because of an annual. So the 2008 annual 78, because you always remember they had the date of the year that was next. They didn't have the date of the year it was made in. Yeah. So 78, the annual 78 was the first um, 2008 annual. And it's because of that that I then started getting the weekly. Ah. Uh, yeah. That was I interesting. That scaring the shit out of me as a kid. The annual was a waste of the, wait, the year before, the next year. You know yeah, I think mean? that's right. Yeah. You always yeah. felt like you was getting the jump on it. Like, oh, fuck me, look, they're releasing this. But when you look at it, that's the reason a lot of Marvel comics and DC comics had a month that was, so that it might come out in August, but it'll have October as the date on the front of it. So it'll say cover date October 1968, but actually released in August 1968. Why'd they yeah, do that? I think it's so people think they're getting something new. Oh, okay. Fuck me, that's and it gives it it gives it a length of time on the on the newsstand as well, you know. That's psychologically that's very kind of interesting, yeah. yeah. And it obviously worked. Yeah. But those those annuals, the two thousand eight things were staples, you know. You're not a proper two thousand eight fan unless you've got a run of annuals, you know. Wow, yeah. okay. Yeah. 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 That's quite a hardcore crowd, the old two thousand AD lot. Yeah, I was out for a drink with them yesterday. They are hardcore. Yeah. 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 God, I just thought those rebellion was uh tweeting the figures that they've got for dread and death and all the, the the dark judges and i thought oh they look lovely yeah they do don't they yeah yeah why they haven't jumped on board that like full scale for donkey's years i don't know oh they have been figures before but you they're sitting on a fucking gold mine with that stuff i mean <laughs> I yeah, they yeah. really wanted the money we got to do is like make figures make judge dread badge helmets lawgivers whatever you want to do like it's all there for kind of yeah merchandising yeah Oh. Yeah. So yeah, annuals. There were certain um, sort of X Men annuals and stuff that I certainly discovered, like new creators or characters. With I mean, I obviously that I like. I was a big fan of Jason Pearson, and when I discovered him, he did an uncanny X Men annual, and it was the debut of a character called the Executioner. Who, okay. who, who I thought was really cool and in that issue was really fucking badass and it's a classic thing they're just lost in the miasma of whatever fucking you know the Marvel you know when they introduce these villains and they're really cool and then no one really cares about them afterwards and the writers just they're ruin just them gone. Yeah, yeah. They're, just, they're just gone you know that's, that's really sad. Go on. Like a super, they're like a super being turned up they're going to turn everything on his head and then couple of issues later they're just gone and no one mentions them ever again yeah yeah <laughs> yeah um but that's just because americans don't understand the annual thing for us do they because they they think annuals are a summer event because the right. comic annuals they get come out in the summer uh yeah for u.s listeners it used to be something you got gifted usually at christmas around that time they'd all they'd be on sale at like beginning of december and yeah. it'll be like the whole annual, the spider-man annual Whatever, like Marvel would add like three or something, wouldn't they? Yeah, Marvel would be like Zoids or Transformers or whatever was big, and they'd yeah. license. They'd do that. I got the Big Daddy annual. Do you remember? <laughs> well, yeah. former guest and friend of the show, Barry Tomlinson. He was yeah uh, at the helm of a lot of these annuals. He was in charge of all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What ones did I give you? I gave you some, didn't I? You guys? I got fucking. You gave me Robocop. I got Eagle. Yeah, uh, I got some Eagle. I got some two thousand Rovers. Yeah. yeah, I think I got a couple of tigers. Yeah, tigers. Oh, nice. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that was good as well. But for Americans, for us, it was great because they're shelf books, aren't they? They're the equivalent of the yeah. graphic novels that would be coming 
down the pipe, you know, 20 years later. Yeah. You know. The hard, yeah, the hardback. And it, they'd, they'd filled it out, hadn't they? Because it wasn't all comics. It was like prose, uh, word searches. Weird uh, picture, the difference. picture yeah. things about, yeah. Some of them weren't even for comics. I mean, some of the football ones were just like rundowns of, you know, shoot magazine or something like that, weren't yeah. they? You know. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Great days. Yeah. Top days. You know, I think but it is a day that sort of, it's gone now, I think. Um, will we see the resurgence of an annual? I know there's certainly... Nope. Yes, there's. I know there's certain sort of publishers and, and series that, that keep it alive. There are like... You know, you'll have like a Boom Studios. Beano's like just, still doing it. Yeah, Beano's yeah. still doing it. And certainly, um, I wouldn't be surprised if series like Giant Days have like holiday specials and Halloween. You know, there are lots of series that have holiday specials and annuals and stuff. Um, There's a so, couple, DC don't DC and Marvel don't do it for all their titles. In fact, Marvel do it very rarely. Mm. But the DC have had a couple out this year. I think more for the big important books. So I think there's been a Batman and a Detective Annual this year. Both of them quality wise not great. It's almost like they got someone else in to do an annual. You know? Yeah, I always feel like the annuals were like kind of like the D list to start with, just bang out an annual and. Yeah, bloodlines or fucking Atlantis yeah. attacks yeah. or something like get, that. Get some, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just get some yeah. job jobber on it to kind of like give them a test I mean, run. I, do, I mean, my, my thinking is, um, and call me naive, but you know, if you if it's going to be like that, don't bother with it. Don't uh-huh. bo- don't bother with a half hour story and do a reprint in the back. If you can craft something that year on year readers are like, oh god, the annual's out in a couple of months. Yeah, How much no. money you're going to make from? Do you know what I mean? It's sort of like make it an event. An annual should be an event. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. The problem yeah. is if it's if it's really good, they'll put it in a standalone comic, won't they, or a graphic novel? Yeah. These days. Oh yeah, yeah. You they'll, know, they'll, they'll it's almost like yeah, cash mine it fodder, today. isn't it? Yeah, because yeah, it goes in your pool list. So if you if I'm getting detective, the detective annual will go into my pool list to be picked up, and it's not by normally by the same creative team. And you're like, oh, okay. And you've almost. Occasionally these days, I just put it back on the shelf or give it back. But you know, sometimes people will be feel obliged to buy it because they've got Detective Comics on their pool list. You know, yeah, yeah. There's some dreck. Yeah, yeah. As most things are nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of shout-outs. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, we might as well get to that bit of the show. Um, obviously. We hope you've enjoyed this this look at the festive comic annuals and, and, and beyond. And certainly, if you know of any sort of indie and small press, please let us know about it. We'll we'll, we'll give a shout out. You know, there's certainly a lot of a lot of people just doing great work, and no doubt there's people that love Christmas as much as you. But, but how? Uh, please, listeners, answer us the question: How do you market an ongoing successful festive comic? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Is there a place in this market, in the indie comics market, to create? If you're only going to do one comic a year, why not have it every year? You do a, fe- a Christmas comic, you know? Um, so yeah. People look forward to it. Maybe that's your brand. Maybe that's what you do. Maybe everyone knows that around November, the next issue of your comic is going to be coming out. Um, there you go. There's an idea. You, you uh, could just do give that me for like, Halloween. Halloween, you could do that. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, you could Valentine's do that. Valentine's Day. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's a big event for you, Dan. Isn't it? Yeah. Well, <laughs> sorry for the old posty. <laughs> what do you do? Do you buy? Why just do you go take him out for dinner? Yeah. Well, you're <laughs> him. Do you, do you like brazenly just buy five five cards in a 
in in a shop at once, or do you subtly go to different shops and buy a card? No, and no I've got the odd fucking moon picks it up. Good it's shout, good shout. Oh, nice, yeah, nice. Yeah, yeah. Nothing says romance and uh, love than uh, moon pig. By the way, moon pig, if you're listening, feel <laughs> moon free to sponsor us. Moonpuke dot com. Sorry, Gareth. Um, <laughs> we've got to pay him now. Then that we've spoken about. Um, but speaking of shouting out to people, what shout outs have we got this week, gents? I've got two. So, as I mentioned earlier, shout out to the 2000 AD Southern Contingent, yeah. um, who drink more than the Queen Mother. And I met with Emma Naiman um, in a London pub yesterday. And my second shout out is um, future guest Rachel Ball, who I had lunch with yesterday. And then we went comic shopping. That was cool, oh, wasn't it? Going yeah, comic shopping good. with an award winning graphic novelist. Yeah. That was pretty cool. So, big shout out to Rachel, who's always great company. And she's at the she's got an art show tomorrow, but I think it's a closed off one. Um, I'm not sure where it is, oh. but she's, she'll be selling Hidden Lives. I think it's at the Royal Academy or something like that, I think. Um, so Hidden Lives will be on sale there tomorrow. There you go. Nice. I've Dan. got Gateway City Volume 3, Smashed Up Things, the next installment of the pulp sci-fi series set in Prohibition St. Uh, Louis, Gangsters, Aliens, and a Talking Bear by our friend Mark Russell Olsen. It's absolutely blitzed through its target. Uh, so that'd be a nice one to back. You'll get that in the new year, I presume. Uh, and we've got Beneath Us, Issue 1 and 2, a horror comic series. After a tsunami in Indonesia, an unidentified species from the deepest reaches of the ocean begin to make their way to the surface. And again, that is smashed through its target by uh, Joseph Oliveira, who's uh, nice one. who does fantastic work. And he's all the Kickstarters have absolutely been great. So go check both of those projects out. Yes, nice. And me. nice. Yeah. And I've got a shout out. Um, to one Mr. Tom Curry. Um, thank you for coming in and uh, looking after these two reprobates on last episode. Hey, Tom. cheers, um, Tom. And also to um, you gents. I had a lot of fun. They came, they came top fun. top first in the quiz, didn't they? Yeah, oh God, it was pretty... Top winners, yeah. joint winners. Yeah. It's pretty, pretty shambolic. If you haven't seen <laughs> the absolute winning that was them in that... Uh, that <laughs> yeah, I tell you what though, Tony Esmond has stepped up his quiz game. It made me a little bit nervous for the next time I'm there for one. So I'm not going to do for well, that's next episode, isn't it? Mm. Got a quiz next God, episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have yeah. To think about that. Uh, well, no, it's not next episode. It's episode after. Is it? Oh, okay. Because yeah. our next episode, people, we're going to be looking back on the year that was, and it's our um our favourite things of the year. Oh yeah, that's yeah. right. Yes. Yeah. Um, we're not going to spoil what's the episode afterwards because trust me if you want some Christmas entertainment you'll want that Um, but yes we're looking back we should drink during that yeah Yeah. Yeah, oh god don't bring out bad Tony (laughs) bad Tony that sounds like a production company Um, (laughs) yes yes so um, with that in mind over this year please let us know what your faves are we will be putting a shout out on the on the social medias and stuff and obviously in the slack um, but as we go, we, we're just going to nail down the the topic, the, what we're going to be discussing. Um, it's going to be less of an Oscars like we used to do, um, but we'll let you know. So please let us know what your favourite. Keep your eyes on the Slack because it'll yeah. be on there. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. and we, we'll put a shout out on the social media and stuff as well. So please let us know what your favourite comics were because there's probably a lot of them we haven't read yet. So it's an excuse for us to add some more stuff to our wish list as well. Because mm. that's what this show's all about. Like sharing great comics with people. Us sharing with you, you sharing with us. And speaking of which, it's that time of the show where we've got to recommend some stuff to some lovely people. Tony, you're going to front and back us, aren't you? Like Always. A hu- like a human centipede. 
Like, uh, have you both got one of you? What a human centipede! Uh, yeah, in your house. A recommendations. I yeah. do. I do. Yes, have, I yes. do. Cool. Okay, so I'll go first. My first one is the biggie for 2008 and uh, crisis fans is Finn Origins. Um, the character was created by Pat Mills and Carlos Esquerra. This contains Finn books one and two and Origins. Um, the hardback is twenty nine ninety nine, and the digital copy is nine ninety nine. Um, I got the web shop exclusive cover. You got an early, which is by Charles Gillespie, which is a lovely cover. Um, sometimes I get Mister Weston to do them, but this is of similar quality. Um, the tagline: Don't underestimate, underestimate him. Finn is refreshingly free from moral restraint. So a bit like us. Um, hey. the credits for this the credits for this book are writers are Pat Mills and Tony Skinner. I know they co-write quite a lot of stuff. They did um Axton Man together. Oh, it's on it. Uh, Jim Elston, Kevin Wicks, and Liam Sharp. Liam Sharp does the origins bit in the back. Letters by Steve Potter and Annie Parkhouse. Originally it was in Progs 770 to 779, 807 to 816, and 924 to 927. So the dirty, dirty 90s. Um Finn is a person we called Paul Phillips, is his real name. And he's from Plymouth, and um he was dishonorably discharged from the forces, and he now splits his time from being a minicab driver and also a magical warrior. Um he describes himself as Finn the Psychic Rambo, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, an excellent design. He's got his, his, his mask. Have you seen his design, guys? Do you know what he looks like? I think yeah, 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 yeah. I yeah. love it. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like something that will eventually perhaps make its way into the Hostel movies. You know, the sort of masks they wear in yeah. that in a way for me. And it's got sort of chailing train. It's almost like chains that trail, but they look a bit like exterior spines, a bit like you get with the Xenomorph, which we talked about earlier. Yeah. Um, and it's got a sort of demonic look to it. Um, he's, in my head, he's a modern... Uh, immediately when I saw him, I thought, he's a spiritual and visual successor to Slane. Um, but with sort of military um, gun power and also these sort of mystical abilities that he has. Um, he has. He doesn't have, like, super over mystical abilities, but a bit like the aforementioned gun John Constantine. He's got that sort of thing about him. Um, he uses, for example, he, he twists some of the stuff he's doing. So at one point in this, he uses bullets that are loaded with crystals from the singing stones um, when he realises that normal rounds won't work on these demons that he's fighting them. Um, the eagle eye amongst you will notice that there's a number of creators who turn up in it. I'm sure that's Pat in the first few pages. Just made me chuckle. Um, and it's... Um, it's got it's, it's it's a really interesting arc. So it uses a lot of commentaries on stuff like big business, um, stuff for example the pharmaceutical industry, the evil of corporations, the control of a sort of global picture by this um, demonic underground, this sort of paganistic magic and dragons and sea monsters. But it's also got this overlay of the modern world and a sort of satirical look at it with obviously Finn, who's this sort of military hard bastard stroke eco warrior in a sort of 90s style there's a couple of sexy ladies as well thrown into it and that's there's a real punk attitude as we know from what pat writes there's a real sort of mm. um punk aesthetic to, to what he's doing but it's told in the 2008 day to that 2008 way where it's packed into short story chapters which make it a really punchy read mm. to read it one pat writes introduction to this one um if you don't know the character emerged from the third world war story in crisis and that was a really there's a really interesting process in the way that Pat wrote that because he actually wrote about people he knew. They may not have been in the circumstances that are described in that comic. Obviously, they probably weren't. But 
the a lot of their attitudes and thoughts about modern society reflected in, in their characters in the comic and also the, the destinies and the stories and, and the way they can it's as I say written by rewritten um co-written by Tony Skinner who is um I've never met Tony but Pat describes him as, as a sort of he's got a really interest in the paganistic side of things but also is an expert in military hardware and stuff like that and I think a lot of that comes from it um, at one point, I don't know if you know this, but, it, but Finn was more popular than Slain in 2000 AD. He was actually wow. he got better numbers, which is interesting, isn't it? Um, he's up against it all the time, Finn. He's one of those characters you never know. And I think this is common with a lot of Pat's writing and a lot of, sort of his contemporaries of 2000 AD. You never know whether he's going to survive. He's up against it and he barely survives things. He is that, he's that underdog. Um, That's great. I mean, that just keeps you on board with the story. Like, doesn't yeah, it? I think so. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah. Um, and he fights on as a sort of soldier it, being run by a sort of magical being or magical person behind him without having a full a full idea of what everything that's going on. Um, there's, there's a sort of hilarious version of the Masons that Pat throws into it. You know, Pat loves these sort of conspiracy theory stuff that goes in there. And uh, they've got a funny handshake and everything and a catchphrase and everything. Is, and listen out, you might hear it towards the end of the episode. Um, but it's all done with Pat's genuine dark humor which i really like about it um the end of it you get finn the origin with art by liam sharp letters by any podcast and that bit of it um i'm not sure if that was perhaps my favorite i think the first books one and two were really my favorites and then the origin i, I didn't the the art felt a bit 90s to me on that okay uh, yeah um there's some great covers by mick austin who does some great covers man um jim elston and paul staples um i'd say probably of them all of them but one's my favorite of the sections and it really rips along and you know akin to stuff like abc warriors and stuff and you know slain in in its moments and um some of the other stuff that pat writes robusters and stuff like that there's a there's a there's a humor to it that's mm. there's an overlay of something funny strange going on um very good i'm glad it's finally come out i think people have been clamoring for this book to come out for a long time now and they, <clears> they've done it well i think it's a4 so it's there's a little bit too much of a whiteboard around it. I would have liked to have seen the pages a lot big. Then, for example, there's a scene where a sea monster is attacking a boat, and it's crying out for the bigger format. You know, it I, really is. You you showed us a little before we kind of went to yeah. record on the camera, and I, I'm just bewildered the way they've done that. It doesn't. I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know why. I mean, it's, the prog's bigger than this. The, the artwork's essentially just floating in the middle of these pages with the white borders around them. Yeah. I, I yeah. don't don't know why. I mean, because uh, what the, the two thousand AD size is not it's bigger than A four. Trying to think of the yeah, and it's, it's sort of it's slightly changed over the years, isn't it? But this is screaming out oversized collection. Yeah, I don't know if it's I mean, done for some kind of book market thing. You know, I, yeah, I don't know why you'd want to keep it A four. They to if you're going to print the book at a custom size, as long as it's you're doing a big run of it, it shouldn't make any difference really price wise. I don't don't understand the logic if I'm honest. Yeah, I agree, man. But it's it's nevertheless. I'm glad I've got it finally. Yeah, yeah. I think I, I think I I think I'm missing a couple of progs. I didn't have the whole run anyway, and it's nice to see it all in one go. Um, if you want some hardcore pack, go to the it's Iconoblast Substack, and you can sign up there. And that dude puts out a lot of stuff on there. Um, a lot of there's he's doing a he's doing a thing on um, writing his craft at the moment, which is really good. Go and have a read of that. But yeah, is it first one is Finn origins there you go nice one nice um my one uh for this week um i went to the um amazon uh comiXology and i i picked up a new book new weekly book for the first time in ages 
Um, and it's written the writer Alex Packnadal, uh, artist and also co-creator with uh, Alex Casper Wingard. Letters. Oh, yeah, I've uh, heard about this. Yeah, uh, Hassan uh, Osmani Al Hallo. Oh God, I've murdered that name. I apologise. Design Ian Chow Green. Edits by Chris Royal. This is All Against All, um, issue one, which I went in not knowing anything about. Um, this is an example of a creator getting me off my ass to buy the book, kind of sight unseen. And that's Casper Wingard, who's one of, by far one of my favourite artists. He's amazing. I really like his He's stuff. He's just yeah. absolutely fucking phenomenal. I'd say um, I'd get you a page for Christmas, man, but his page rate, his page sales have gone fucking through the roof. Yeah, through the roof. yeah. yeah. ever since Homesick, <laughs> yeah. yeah, Homesick Pilots was obviously a big success, rightfully so. It's a great series. Um, but this is obviously what he's followed up with. Um, I didn't really know much about it. I didn't even write the read the blurb before I jumped in. But I'll I'll read the blurb now, and I'll, I'll tell you why. That, that sort of off. You probably need to read it a little bit. Read something like that before you read this book. Um, in this is what um, Amazon says, which is different to the inside cover. In all against all, it is the distant fu- distant future. Earth is long gone, but a race of alien conquerors known as the Operators have preserved its most savage animals in an artificial jungle environment they barely understand. With no bodies of their own, the operators move from world to world, harvesting bodies for the organic exosuits they use to wage their endless wars. Ignored and underestimated by his captors is the habitat's sole human specimen. Helpless. However, when their efforts to find and harvest an apex predator intensify, he gives them far more than they bargained for. Now, I didn't read that going into it. <laughs> I didn't even... I just thought I, I want to jump in sort of sight unseen. This is first. Firstly, before I get into it, it's a fucking brilliant book. <laughs> I want to say that. For, by the end of it, mm-hmm. I was like, "Wow!" It took me a couple of pages to get into the rhythm of it because I went in completely cold. Um, and I think that's an interesting um, thing to talk about: is the fact that some books maybe you need a little step. You know, some things are just you can you can go into some stories not knowing anything, can't you? I, I say yeah, I think I when it's when it's an indie book like that, or it's a book that's not Spider Man or something, I think you need a push, don't you? Yeah, you know? and, and especially one with big uh, concepts. And this is certainly a big concept from what I was describing there. You know, far distant futures, these alien races, and and everything, all of that going on. Because um, Packendale's writing is always layered. Anyway, um, there's lots going on, and certainly this book is from the aliens' perspective. That you're not, but it's. It's written in such a way that the aliens themselves are written in a very human-like way. The way they talk to each other, there is still like a, a natural dialogue. In most, normally when people write aliens, they make an effort to make the aliens like not talk like normal human people. Okay. Which I think, if it did, if mm-hmm. if he did this with, if he did that with this book, it would have, you wouldn't have been able to connect with it as much. The aliens would have seemed colder. But by giving them this naturalistic. Uh, communication that you can relate to it helps you connect to the aliens a bit more these operators and there's certainly lots of things going on um and there it does the first issue for most part um spends a lot of time i say in the part in in the past of the distant future but it's set around the scene where this this 
boy, this this savage, the only human there is like a savage boy. And this is basically Tarzan versus aliens. That's what, if I was going to put it down in a in an elevator pitch, Tarzan taking on a load of aliens. That's what that feels like this is going to be, but like completely layered. You know, it starts off, he's a child. And like, they're testing, there's a polar bear. Within the first three pages, there's a fight between a polar bear and a gorilla like a silverback gorilla and it's of course Casper absolutely smashes it but both the polar bear and the gorilla are almost piloted by these aliens you know like I say they're harvesting these bodies and they're testing them and the military always want more they want the they want better bodies and there is a military side to it but we're kind of following the ones who are almost the scientists who are watching over this biodome um, and there seems to be um, a few more layers going on. Um, and it gets to a certain point and it jumps forward a few years. And that boy is now a man. But like I say, it's not from his... The first issue certainly isn't from his perspective. The first issue ends with him sort of arriving and you think, oh, he's going to kick someone's ass. Do you know what I mean? It, 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 he's, a, he's a force of nature that these creatures are not ready for. Um, I was thoroughly impressed by it. Um, I'm, you know, I've been looking for another series ever since, like, do a power bomb and stuff, sort of finish up. You know, I need another series to get my teeth into. And when this came up on, I think, the social media, and I saw the creators, I was like, right, well, that's on the short list anyway. Um, and I didn't realise. Um, it, I think it last week it came out, wasn't it? Last week, Tony. I think this was it. Um, was it yeah, I think week? it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it was last week. So I've waited. I've waited too long to get into it, but you know it's full color, thirty-five pages, um, just brilliant stuff. I'm looking forward to what's going on because it. Was it a mini? Is it? I. It doesn't say right now. It, that's, right. I mean, it's, think about the Kindle app and the Amazon app. For instance, one thing that frustrates me is you can see the cover and it just say "Buy Alex Packnadal," but that's the classic. <laughs> and. Um, you know, and it's got Casper Wingard cover art and artist, but it doesn't really necessarily give you all the. They're not that great for the credits, are they? Amazon and stuff no. like that. Um, Sorry, who's it? Is it Image again? Sorry, it's Image. Yeah, yeah. It's oh, image. okay. Yes, yeah, right. Image. Image book. Um, I mean, the the front cover immediately. It's almost like um, they did have some uh, variant covers which they put in the back as well. Um, there was one by Sean Phillips. There's a Martin Simmons cover. There's a oh, Christian, cool. Christian Ward cover. There's also a Spawn variant cover by Casper Wingard. Um, I, th- <laughs> I think it's, I think it's, this was the Spawn month, wasn't it? Because there because there was Martin's absolutely astounding Spawn cover. Do you remember that? Oh, that's right. I love that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think when they're taking existing series, aren't they? Like Department of Truth and putting a Spawn cover on it. Um, okay. Which which for <laughs> which for me is pointless, but I it, it's led to some absolutely phenomenal artwork. So. Feed, feed me more um that's for me the pinups in the back that's when the variant covers come into their own because they're just little pinups i'm a big fan of the cosplay cover oh, but, yeah, but, but only when i'm reading vampirilla or red song yeah yeah not not atomic hercules oh it's coming oh, <laughs> steady on now um what do you think what do you think i'm running every morning yeah. <laughs> um th- no this this is just if you like big sci-fi concepts with sort of and the art is pr- fairly brutal like they're harvesting bodies so the, these animals that they're taking over are essentially dead animals and they're sort of using their bodies in wars and stuff like that. and there's lots of different creatures there's 
there's fascinating politics going in, in between um lots of surprises and uh dan i know you love casper's like use of like slight neon colors yeah love it he's he's got that going through this as well still still more of that yeah just a high recommendation this is um I'm gonna be i heard jason talking. wood talking about this and he was talking about the oa pages for this how much oh, do you think a page would cost oh uh for, for this yeah. oh, f- forget about it uh um, grand uh, only only i think six to eight hundred Oh, that's all right. Yeah, so affordable. Get yourself a couple. Yeah. yeah. Oh, there's certainly there's a couple of pages, um, which are absolutely astounding. Do you know what I mean? It's kind of weird that because when I've seen artists and they they kind of put up original pages and you think, okay, this one's like sixty quid, and then there's an action one. There's like, well, that's one hundred and twenty. You're like, okay. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's weird how they judge it. So it's got certain yeah. characters on the page yeah. that'll be more, you know, that sort of thing. Yeah. What I love about it though is like. The look of cat. So he there's original sort of like pencils and stuff of, of these pages. That there's original artwork pages available for this. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, that's that is almost blowing my mind because it looks like such a digital book in an image. I feel he's on cadence or something like that. Yeah, because yeah. um, Cass's so, light, light and work is amazing. Okay. Just looking at the pages, like, well, just murderous road, just take whatever you want. Because in um, this, not only has he got the nat- the the creatures. <laughs> Um, there's action. There's also like the, you know, the, there's the human side of it and the alien designs and you know the, there's jungle planets. There's like animals which look like animals. Oh, there's a, you'll like this, Tony. There's a there's a mm. panel of a uh, two uh, deer fucking. Which oh, you like that? Yeah, yeah, yeah like, lo- lovely. So, if anyone's looking for a late last minute Christmas present for Vince, uh, yeah, page of artwork from Casper Wingard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Maybe yeah. one of the covers. Yeah, 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 yeah. Or just a whole book. I'm not. I'm. I'm not greedy. Um, Should I uh, tag you and Joey in on a post on Facebook with the link to the artwork? Saying, no, don't use Facebook. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The uh, I think didn't it, I think the first time I saw Casper Wingard was it for a teapub book? It yeah, was. Tea yeah, teapub. Yeah. Tea yeah. Yeah. That's right. That's when we started, wasn't it? Yeah. But that his artwork in that absolutely like what made me pick up the book. Yeah. That yeah, that's right. I've got that over there somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I can't remember. Is okay. it called Annabelle or something? It's, it's a female name. Yeah, oh, okay. he, did, he, yeah he did a couple of series for. Oh, he did um, the kind of the, the the one with the ghost kind of dude in it, Singing Souls or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Twisted Souls. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So obviously, it's been a joy to see these and and Pat Nadell himself. They've both sort of risen over the years of us. Guest in the second year of the pod. Yeah. So um, yeah, get this book because it's it's another home run, and that's mine. All against all, that's mine. Daniel, nice one. Daniel. I've gone back to revisit a. Uh, I went back on the Webtoons app because I thought there's a couple of books on there I haven't read in a little while, and there's a new episode of one of the comics I recommended uh, some months ago called Span- right. Spanned X with a capital oh, E. Oh yeah, X. I remember you talking about this one. Uh, so you got Toshi, aka Botfly, becomes the psychic and lover of the world's most powerful superhero masterpiece. When the relationship starts to sour, Toshi's supervillain crush helps him devise a way to survive the world's most dangerous breakup. Meanwhile, the multiverse might be heading towards a reboot. So issue three is part three. Of th- no, it's one of three. It continues where the first two issues left off, where uh, the Botfly character is facing the facing off against these villains and the. Uh, the main heroine character, which I just said her name, and I can't fucking remember it. Masterpiece turns up and she's absolutely dominating. And he's got like quite the crush on her. It's interesting because this, this comic feels like it could be like for young kids, teens, but certain moments are like, fucking hell, that's a bit 
like some of the language is a bit suggestive and okay about getting erections in costumes and stuff and uh do you know what i mean it's kind of like yeah if you if because this is like a an a small press indie creation and you got the one guy making it sometimes you feel like you need to bounce this off someone to get a little bit of feedback because if you're going for that that tone the more adult tone you should have that throughout if you're going for like anyone can read this you need to eliminate maybe some of those elements mm. but i i really enjoy it for what it is it's great fun reading the fact you can read stuff like this for free on webtoons is fantastic it's actually mm. great stuff uh and the creator which i've uh, neglected to mention uh his name is ross radke r-a-d-k-e he recently did a uh and th- uh, comic on kickstarter called stomped which is all, all about kaiju shit okay off. and nice. i believe about that because that looks fantastic so that's a that's a great comment to go check out that one I, me- I, me- I remember you talking about this one because i checked out after you talked about it. it's a great great comic i didn't know they did yeah that that's quite good yeah so i think it's continuing one he's he said yeah. on he's got his notes here that they're uh there's another two episodes lined up to go live uh beginning of next year so nice. uh it says uploaded by the end of november yes he's got more stuff coming nice go check it out nice tony take us home uh, my last one is a book I, the first issue i spoke about earlier in the year uh, it's called San- santos sisters number two um it was quite a hot book actually the first one of these um got a lot of heat i know it's been mentioned on a number of podcasts created by greg and fake um and art by graham smith david landsberger mark kaprononoff um there's two stories in this issue i met greg and fake hung out a bit with them at some um, heroes good guys um and they and they listened to the episode actually we talked about them so i'm i'm, I'm guessing they'll probably listen to this one it's 32 pages full color it's got newsprint as an interior kind of paper which i, I kind of like it gives it that old school feel to it um it's four dollars twenty not a bad price and in gosh it's only five pounds which let's face it in the world of small press and gosh is a good price um it's um it it does what it does before so it's a faux the the aesthetic is faux archie um but it tells the story of two superhero girls who are the santos sisters they're not really sisters in real life um and it continues with that sort of same sort of cheeky um humor uh, and has that style of visuals that we get um, in an Archie comic. Now, I told you earlier, didn't I? I read Archie, The Christmas Spectacular, issue one. And I yes, think I put it on yeah. the group chat with the words, this is not funny at all. This is funny. Santos Sisters is funny. And it uses that silly humour. But what it does, it um, takes it to more of an adult level. In this issue, there's a pair of um, assassins, Spit and Shine, they're, they're called, and they're hired. Um, by the sort of mastermind and it turns out they're actually a couple who recently split up which is part of the funny in this comic um and they're employed to use these ray guns and they go around and they zombify a small town with these ray guns but they're not your sort of um traditional zombies whilst they are sort of flesh brain eaters they keep saying nerp nerp so they're kind of like techno zombies i guess um and they use this sort of archy surface presentation and they add more material in it but it's still that's still they still got those you know in archie everyone's got that sort of shit-eating grin going on haven't they at all and yeah. that sort of high school the time. Yeah. Sort of thing, you know apart from the fact that archie goes to work at bumley's you know that's about the only sort of thing, <laughs> um but um but, <laughs> it's never not funny it's never not <laughs> yeah, funny, never not funny. <laughs> um 
But much of the comedy comes from the interaction between Spit and Shine. And so what's happened is they've met and they're going to, and one of them says, Oh, it's good to see you, Spit. And she says, she says Oh, and, and you too, Shine. And um, they, because they've broken up, they're walking around and they're kind of, at one point, they're holding hands. And you think, Are they getting back together? Or are they not getting back together? So they decide, whilst killing people and zombifying, they decide, Well, perhaps we'll go and see a movie together. You know, so they, Shine gets really jealous when she sees Spit's phone ringing and she says, what, who's, who's ringing you? You know, you know, we've all had jealous girlfriends. Who's ringing you? And he says, oh, no, that's just my alarm. And she says, well, it sounds like your ringtone. And he goes, no, it isn't. And then he goes off again and she says, oh, you set your alarm twice. And she sort of snatches the phone and starts shouting at this woman down the phone, you know, um, how dare you call him? But then they're not really going out, but it's, it's kind of judged nicely. It's got that, that thing. The Santos sisters turn up. They um, sacrifice their friend Todd, who gets nerped and turned into a zombie. And it all turns out right. But it's quite funny. And it's just it's just fun. They have a sort of classified page, which is um, a piss take on a Bronze Age advert page. And if you actually go into it, there's some comics in there that we've talked about. For example, Medal, which is a comic that comes out of Strange uh, Strangers Distribution um, Publishing, is, is in there as an advert for that. Uh, it's it's good. There's sludgy comics. Remember, I talked about them a few years ago. And then the second story in it is the Santos Sisters in Dragon Bender, um, about a dragon, a little baby dragon who turns up and they have to go and just defeat it. And it's it's not as good as the first story, but it's still fun. It's just sort of silly fun, really. Okay. Um, the I would say, oh, there's a Howard the Duck homage in the last story as well, which is always worth it. Um, I would say go and I think if you go Floating World has it as sold out at the moment. Um, I'm not sure all distribution places have it as sold out at the moment, but the place to get it in the UK, I don't think it's on Third Bear Press. Um, although Stephen can t- correct me there, but at the moment it's in Gosh, and I would say go and get it if you're going to get it because it, it will it will sell out very quickly in Gosh because um, it's sort of the hotness. And as I understand it, issue three is on the way very soon as well, which is good. Here you go. That's my second one. The Santos Sisters, issue two. There you go. Oh, cool. Nice. Apparently you have uh, gifts there to add to your wish list, your personal wish lists. Let's face it, we all like like to buy some books for ourselves to read over the Christmas period. Yeah. And we hope you have enjoyed... I've noticed. <laughs> <laughs> and we hope you've enjoyed this look at festive comics. Which is, um, I don't know why we waited so long, gents. It was fun talking about all that. Yeah, easy. Yeah. Yes, when we kind of got dive in on the one issue, that was, that was a good one. I think yeah, that was, yeah. that was a nice one. Yeah. Yeah. I think you guys, Vince, if you haven't read it, man, go and read the Claremont Burn stuff. Yeah. You'll, you'll love it, man. Yeah. It's yeah, all that good and better, I think. Yeah. yeah. And so I shall. And while I'm doing that, um, you should get in touch with us. Let us know if there's anything. Um, you, uh, you're planning to do for Christmas. Are you planning to read books under your Christmas tree? Not under your Christmas tree. Well, I don't know. Big your Christmas. You can do that, can you? Yeah, yeah, you do that. Um, whatever you, you can do, whatever that. you do, we hope, we hope you're doing it well and doing it safely. But before you do it, get in touch with us. There's several ways you can do it. You can email us awesomecomicspod at gmail dot com. Follow us on social media at the Awesome Pod. Um, there's a Facebook group, Awesome Comics Podcast. There's also Awesome Comics Talk. Join the Slack group. Um, there's a wonderful community of people on there from all over the world talking about comics. There's loads of different channels, group chats. If you just want to talk about the comic you're working about, working on, or maybe you want to do an art thread, you know, there's all kinds of stuff, and it is great. So there's something for everyone there. And uh, we hope um, you think that there's something for everyone on our website. So. Uh, awesomecomics.podbean.com loads of like podcasts there you can listen to you know even if you think oh I don't want to just hear them talking for two hours 
we've got loads of guests that you can listen to as well. And there's going to yeah. be more guests next year as well. Hoo-hoo, it's going to be an- another good year. Um, and you may listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon, Stitcher, Podnose, Podknife. What other networks are we on, Tony? We're on Pod. Hello, Sailor. <laughs> Hello, Sailor, indeed. Um, if you do listen to us on Apple, subscribe and leave a review. Just, you know, helps the algorithm and get the word out about this show and everything we talk about every week. Because we're here to entertain you. And, uh, like Robbie Williams. Please don't, <laughs> uh, please, please don't, uh, please don't blame us if you spend too much money at Christmas on comics. No, because we'll, we'll definitely be doing it. Um, if you read a load of comics over Christmas, if you have a little project, let us know on the Slack what you're reading. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we Over the next, um, we're going to have a, a fun couple of episodes rolling out the end of the year. Um, so stay tuned to us on the different channels where we'll put shout outs because we want a little bit of a sort of listener involvement as well. So stay tuned for that. Because um, it's going to be fun as we say goodbye to this year, whatever this year was, and bring in and the welcome new one. in the next, and welcome mm. in the next one. Um, but until that time, where can people find us online, Tony? Neveronanything.com. Dan, you can find me on Twitter at Vanguard Comic. You can read Vanguard, which starts in the next issue in next year at uh, VanguardComic.com. Nice. Can't fuck that up, but you know. What I mean. <laughs> Um, you can find me on the social media at Jester Diablo. And uh, wherever you are in the world, we hope you're doing happy, healthy. We hope you're staying warm. It's The temperature's dropped here in the UK. And uh, we'll be probably calling in from bunkers because we'll all be snowed in. And we'll have to hold each other, won't we, to keep each other warm? <laughs> yeah. I'll yeah. be holding you tightly. Oh, yeah. Please not too tightly. You were right out there last time. Um, but wherever you... <laughs> <laughs> when that tight. <laughs> <laughs> wherever you are in the world, we hope you're happy, healthy, doing well, because we love you very much. Don't we, Dan? Oh, yeah. Don't we, Tony? No. Nope. Yes, you do, <laughs> because the last words I edited on last week's episode <laughs> were Tony Esmond saying, yeah. love you. <laughs> yeah, it was like, that was to the two hosts. Ah, uh, whatever. No, 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 yeah, no, yeah. no. That's my, that may be what you, you're telling yourself, but listeners, you know, that's not, <laughs> that's, myself. that's not what we heard, was it? We heard. In the psychologist's Luther. chair with Vincenzo Hunt. <laughs> on that day, his heart grew two times. Not, not uh, more than that, because. That's sort of Christmas shit. I don't like when people yeah. say things like that. <laughs> You'd find yourself an A and E if you got an Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you're yeah, yeah, more yeah, than yeah, that, yeah, you, you yeah, should yeah. see a doctor. Die of that. Yeah. Um, some, I've got something that never gets any bigger. Really? Oh, Tony, why Not did possible, you? Is it? Oh, why did we have the video on? Oh, there was no need for that. <laughs> While we're going to reevaluate our life you. and what we're just what we're staring at now and seems to be staring back at us. Um, have a brilliant week everyone <laughs> read loads of comics keep making comics enjoy the start of the festive season proper it's proper now because we've said it yes and until, it ne- here. until next begun. week from Dan, Tony and myself ho 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 what should they do gents stay awesome, hey, awesome. well you could have done a bit better than that Dan you were a bit slow on the uptake there I was Santa. I, I apologise. Sort it out, son. Is that what Santa sounds like? I, I hope I get on the good list. Oh, Tony. No fucking chance. Tony. Tony, you still need to pay me for this year's nice list. <laughs> I wonder what you're going to say then. <laughs> anyway, how did you get out of your harness? 
<laughs> <laughs> Bye, everyone. It's got a red nose. There you go. <laughs> <laughs>